This is The Extra Sheep, the unofficial Age Empires 4 podcast hosted by myself, Sockerton, along with Beal and Sir Nevels, uh, and also Caleb Calamari. Beal is actually out this week, so once again, here in the virtual town center studios, we have Caleb Calamari with us. So, Sir Nevels, Cal- Caleb, uh, how are we doing today? Excellent, excellent. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, doing good. Happy, happy Father's Day to everyone whose father's listening, or any of you guys. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's to your father's. I'll have to draw this to myself with my two Most little definitely. ones running around somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Caleb, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I want to thank Brandon for help for switching shifts with me. That was great. I can be on. Oh, shout, shout out, out Brandon. to Brandon for uh, <laughs> shout out wherever to you Brandon. are, wherever he is. <laughs> uh, we yeah. appreciate you, Brandon. It was he said of, he was going to listen in this week, so I'm kind of hoping he'll hear the shout. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's that, what's that, up. That, well, Brandon, we appreciate you giving us our Caleb Calamari back because this was a good week because Beal uh, had some pop up and was busy this week and we excuse him, of course. And I was I was actually really happy last night looking at getting the outline ready and stuff and looking at things uh, when I saw that he was going to be out and that Caleb was going to be in. I was like, oh, sweet. I don't have to worry about, you know, being down a guy. We've already got our we've always got our golden trio. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill, part-timer. Part-timer Bill. Part-timer Start Bill. Calling. Oh, Start that's, calling. That, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I'm just playing. No, that's my guy. That's my guy. Legit. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like Bill doesn't always talk as much as Sir Neville's does. We joke that Sir Neville's talks a lot. I talk a lot. Oh, um, yeah, so yeah, Beal is like Beal is like the stoic, quiet guy who just yes. like always has a good take. Like he is just, always got a good he's take. the rock behind all this, guys. Yeah, he's, we need him. We need we, him. We need him. We need him. When we don't have him, we're sad. Although Caleb, I it's guess chaos. Caleb's a good, good substitution. Caleb's like the where if 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 Beal is like the neutral good, Caleb is like the chaotic good. You know, like oh, yeah. close enough, right? Close enough. Oh yeah, I love it. Right at the titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's episode, guys, we of course are probably gonna be talking about. You probably expect this. The new season just released. Now, at the time of recording this, it's only been live for like what two days. Yeah, uh, like the new season. Wait, when it come out? Like a day or yeah, two ago, right? Like I believe one day, yeah. So to be honest, guys, full disclaimer, uh, I have not really dabbled into this much at all. I've been really busy. My next couple weeks, I'm going to be all AOE. I'll be back in my normal routine. Uh, I'll be diving in. Really, I'm really excited. So I think this week we will go over the patch notes, even though we kind of went over the pup notes uh, two episodes ago. We will go into the patch notes here in just a minute. And I think maybe instead of a game or anything today, I think what we'll do is we will kind of give our predictions. Um, obviously, we're very uninformed. I think, I'm, I mean, me and Sir Nevels will probably just be way off. I'm sure Caleb might actually get some things right. Uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll do some predictions, what we think we'll see in the season, what we think will happen. Um, obviously, we had some predictions at the beginning of last season that didn't quite pan out. Uh, so I'll be interested to see oh, yeah. how over the course of things go, how close we get or what our thoughts are. Um, but that's kind of our big thing. So we could uh, dive into that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about on news before we go into the new patch and the patch notes. Um, there were no new civs announced at the uh, thing a week or so ago last Saturday. Uh, nothing about yeah. Empires at all. I know, Sir Nevels, you were really excited and thinking that would be the time. Uh, um, and it was not announced. And there was a lot of doom and gloom on Reddit, which I, that will be on a discussion topic after the break as well, is the doom and gloom surrounding this game by some of the fans been very fascinating to see well uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come out i'll come out for it uh really quick uh yeah i was a little bit uh a little overzealous with my prediction of uh new civilization i was so confident i was like oh dude don't worry we're getting them but <laughs> when i think about it when you think about it it actually makes a lot of sense i seen somebody i never knew my source i think it was on reddit uh but i seen somebody say that like it actually makes sense like first of all i got my days confused 
I thought that the last years were announced during the Xbox showcase last year, which they were not. They were actually announced during Gamescom in August, which yep. makes sense. That makes sense, actually, because uh, someone actually pointed out that, you know, this Microsoft showcase is kind of really kind of a lot for Microsoft pushing their Game Pass and their like, you know, uh, their big hitters that with their new deals, the new uh, studios they've opened up with, you know, Bethesda and all that. That's kind of where the Xbox showcase is announced. Whereas Game Pass, you know, we all know that RTS is a, a lot more, so it's a lot more popular in you know Western Europe, Germany, and that makes more sense for them to do their new, their all their because there was no RTS information, there was no Age of Mythology, there was no console for AOE four, nothing announced, nothing RTS related whatsoever. So it makes more sense that you know going towards Gamescom in Germany, that's when they break out the RTS. Yeah, you know, for all the RTS fans, you know, yeah, you say everything like that, which makes more sense. So, yeah, I was I did kind of they kind of, uh, you know, misfire on uh, my, my pick for the uh, Xbox showcase because I was completely wrong. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you uh, a uh, Sir Neville's apology YouTube video is incoming. Uh, he's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full full face cam reveal, everything, man. <laughs> breaking down, breaking down on camera. There has actually, I had some people saying like, oh, when are we going to do like a, uh, I've had a lot of people ask like, oh, what about like a live streamed uh, episode of this? Oh, like, a, should, I, should I stream this? Like, I think Caleb mentioned it. I've had a lot of people actually go like, what about a live streamed podcast episode or like YouTube videos with uh, the video? Um, I, need, mm-hmm. I, need, I need to get these episodes on YouTube. I've had so many people request it. I just have not had the time. Uh, I, I need to do that. I need to sit down this week. I will do it. On my honor, as a as an Eagle Scout, I will I will make it happen. Um, Live on air, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. It will it will happen. Well, <laughs> anyone who's waiting for it on YouTube won't have heard it. So, because <laughs> I'm waiting for it to be on YouTube first. <laughs> well, also too, I mean, I'm not trying to like you know, I'm, I guess I'm paying a little breaking the fourth wall here a little bit, but you know, anytime you need some assistance or anything. I'm always down. I guess I'm on tenure. I don't mind. I'm not really. That's a true. Busy that's guy. true. That's true. I'm not really. I'm not. Uh, I want to act like I'm the busiest guy, but yeah, ain't a lot of you. I'm not really doing much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, a nice yeah. way of saying Sir Neville needs to get a life. <laughs> yeah, I need to find something to do. I, mean, I guess I go out and get some sun. I don't know. We'll figure touch, it out. Touch some grass. <laughs> touch touch some a grass. little grass. Exactly. We'll figure it out. Uh, Although, so I know I am going to see the Spider movie tonight. Oh, nice. the Spider-Man movie? Okay, okay. okay I, I, know, say, I know we're on top and we're on top. Um, <laughs> I, I won't give any major spoilers here, so if you're worried about that, don't yes, worry. Sir. I will say, the only thing I'll say is uh, expect it to be a two-part thing. Okay, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's... Call me, I'll do Go in with that so expectation excited. that the story will not end. Uh, mm-hmm. that there will be, it will be not like a massive cliffhanger, but like the story is going to mm-hmm. end with a to-be-continued. Like, it will be a two-part thing, and I actually am okay with that. Besides that, okay I it. loved it, dude. I love Miles Morales as a character. I think so I love the the visuals of that movie are phenomenal as a video guy myself. Awesome movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite. I'm not a huge. I've kind of fallen off the uh, Marvel bandwagon uh, overall. Yeah, After, ever, since, stale. ever since Endgame, I've just kind of lost interest. I've grown up. I grew up with him as a teenager. I've gotten a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, as an adult, I'm just kind of like they all feel very similar. Like I just I just yeah. lose an interest. I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. But man, Into the Spider-Verse blew think. me away when it came out. And this other one was I mean, met every expectation I had for it was funny, was artistic, was emotional. It's a good movie. I think I'm really excited for you. It's a good movie. Anyways, that's completely off topic. Yeah, completely (laughs) off topic. I'm back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. (laughs) It's one of those days. Um, Other news uh, before we dive into the patch notes. uh, I did want to mention that uh, for the podcast. Anyways, I have been thinking about doing merchandise. I am now that I I just want to just just full disclosure. Everyone who's been listening probably knows I've been really busy with having a new baby in the family. 
my mom came out from Germany for the first time in a couple of years uh, in a while to come visit. So if that was the first time I've seen her in a couple of years, the last two weeks for me, especially very busy. Last month's been busy. I haven't been not that I'm phoning this in, but I've been very, very occupied trying to be a put together adult. It's not been easy. That said, the next couple of weeks are going to be clean, smooth sailing. So I should have tons of time to put into getting maybe a guest star on here. I know we've got a couple of people who we've been uh, eyeing at. I know there's some some people have been floating ideas of who might be a good guest star on the show. We interviewed Tim, who was kind of a shoe in. We already kind of knew him. Uh, but I've got a list of a couple of streamers who uh, I won't say who yet, but we'll maybe tease that we have got a couple guys who we're hoping to reach out to maybe in the next week or so. And I hope maybe by next episode, we will have uh, someone on here and we'll get to interview them and hear their thoughts of the new season two weeks into it. So that should be really good. And then I am trying to do some merchandise stuff as well. I've heard that that might be something people might be interested in. I need to sit down and see what the money metrics would be for that. I'd like to do it. I think, frankly, I just want a nice sweatshirt that says, Got my little logo on it that my wife and I worked on for this podcast. I'd buy one. I, okay. If there's interest, I, I'm happy to make that happen. I, I need to look into some of the specifics and if I need to like actually like set up a shop and business license. There's, there's a couple of things like like I just got to do to make that legal. Um, I'll look into that this week, though. So I think I'll need a mug. Just give me a mug. Yeah. Right. Oh, a mug yeah, and a sweatshirt, right? A mug and a sweatshirt. Give me nothing but no better combo. That's uh, how you stay warm in this hot. Can we, can we get onesies? Ones, ooh, onesies with little hoods Rom- too. Little romper, maybe a little for the for the hot season. <laughs> little little extra sheet ro- romper. Let's get a romper going. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Oh that would be hilarious. Um, I'm down for whatever. I represent. Stay all right. Brain. Well, we've been. I. I'm. We're very off course. Today. I'm very sleep deprived, <laughs> so I am just kind of all over the place. Uh, we don't have Beal to be the steady rock today. Um, (laughs) let's look at season five guys there is a lot of uh i I like the vibe of the season first of all um let's let's dive into some other notes and see what changed uh the big highlights include uh i'm just i've got the page up as well so we're just kind of reading straight from that um the big one is uh golden heights is in the map pool yay migration i haven't looked at and i've been right before i hopped on you guys were just bashing volcanic island yeah can, can you guys describe it, what the map looks like for those who maybe don't know yet well so if you look at the uh the the splash art i don't know what else to call it uh it indicates that there's islands with stone and water surrounding them and that is going to be a water map uh there's like no reasonable water to ever go for on this map <laughs> unless you're really really lucky with a janky spawn um yeah, like- we were looking at it like right before the uh, show started, man. And we were just looking at how many like there's some ponds in the map that literally say, for example, you went all you want to like go for a fast dock. You could dock it and then there's no absolutely zero fish on it. Yeah, zero. <laughs> zero fish, like not even deep sea or shoreline, maybe one shoreline in the top corner. Like what? And then you can't even like move. Basically, our biggest complaint we were having is that like when you look at it, it looks like a really fancy, cool continental. Where like there's a center, uh, there's a center uh, land, and then all around surrounding is water. It's like okay, cool, we can work with that. We've kind of been used to it. And then once you spawn in, it's like these little like dehydrated patches. Like it's almost like it's like you know somebody's going bald who doesn't want to get rid of it. Like it's just like it's a little <laughs> patchwork. All those like you know trying to grow. It's like it's like it's like continental that's like trying to grow a beard. It's like it's hard. It's like weird. Like literally, it's like it's it's a failed attempt. I, I could, I'm not trying to be that guy. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's kind of cool in its own way. 
But when you, if you just go into it blindly and like don't like, you know, get a, a preview of the map, you will probably make a mistake the first time playing it because you're going to assume there's going to be a lot of fish to gather. And there's like barely any fish. There's like every pond has like one. Some ponds have zero deep fish water. And then the, then another one would have like just one maybe shoreline fish or maybe one deep sea fish. So like it's, well, it's, not, it's not a map you all out. Yeah. And the, and the biggest issue I have with it is it doesn't play a strategic role in the yeah. map. So there's the center hill, which has some camera angle issues like it's impossible to click on the edge trees if you're on the top half of the map. Anyway, uh, there, so there's some, you know, uh, structural issues there, but it, the center tree line plays a role. Eventually, you guys will clash in a long game in the middle, kind of like on Woodwall or whatever. Um, but the water, there's even depending on the spawn, there's even certain maps where you can't even circumvent the map on water. So, like, yeah. you run your boats to one side and you're stuck in a hole and it literally you can't do anything. So it's not it even an island. Interesting. It's not even like no. a true island. I think that might just be spawn dependent, but I've seen it twice. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you can't even use the water to like, ooh, I'm going to sneak around and get onto his backside like you can on Continental or whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the map. It just feels like it's there to make uh, the map look unique and then it just doesn't play unique. You know, that I, might, mean, I, I feel like that would almost be enticing to some people who want water on their map but don't actually want water on their map. But like, yeah. wh but why? Yeah. If you're not, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's the real question. <laughs> like, sure. It's, oh, it looks cool. But am I playing a competitive RTS because I like the aesthetic of the map I'm yeah. playing on? Or am I playing it because I like the, sh the strategic... Uh, the strategic additions that the different land types add. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just my. Thing. It just it just feels like a wannabe hybrid map, but it really isn't. Like yeah, exactly. Like you like you can't even contest the enemy's water because there's no point. First of all, like and then it's like there is no water game. There is no water combat in this map at all. It makes no sense. I mean, if you if you were able to get up a, a dock on your enemy's water. You kill their one fishing boat, and then you're like, "Yeah, I'm here." Like it's just like there's nothing for you to even do on that. Like, yeah. nothing for you to even do. Well, and a good like, example of a map that does something like this well would be like I know it's a, a meme map because of the the way it's built, but Black Forest has a pond yeah. behind your base that you can use to boost yourself in a turtle type game or give yourself that yeah. little edge for a while. It's not infinite, but both people have it, and mm -hmm. it's there. Um, and this one doesn't provide that. It's not like four lakes or whatever the four corner ponds on that one is. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like those and it's not a full bore water map like like uh, Boulder Bay or whatever. It's it's no. kind of this not quite hybrid. And so why? Why have it? OK. <laughs> and honestly, if you look at the preview of it, it looks very like it, does. it, it is deceiving. This is it not looks how the like, map. It looks like, like continental, but the stone is getting on the islands. It's uh -huh. not at all like yeah, it's continental. Not. I'll have to open it up. Yeah, because it, so looks, it looks like a weird continental with like stone on little islands and sacred sites and maybe a hill in the middle. It looks it looks odd. It looks like an odd map just looking at it. But if it's you're saying it's very different too. Uh, the yeah, other two maps it's, added in. Uh, sorry, you guys want you had something else, Caleb? Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's also potentially the, the potential is there that there is spawn issues and that it's meant to look more like yeah. the art. Mm -hmm. um, I know there have been some spawn issues before, so that's a potential explanation. But right now, yeah, it, right now it's a catfish. It's a, a complete catfish. A catfish. <laughs> <Lure> <laughs> in. It's it's a catfish. Like, oh. 
this is oh look at this and then you you spawn in there and you're like this is not what that's just ask for your credit card information <laughs> exactly, and, they start exactly. All money, and they say they're gonna visit you and then they don't and just... <laughs> <laughs> so many layovers the time and time again you're like wait a minute now maybe like oh i missed my flight oh, again goodness. Like, Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the other maps added it. I know we already mentioned Golden Heights uh, and we were very excited about that. I think um, I don't think there's anything good. else we can talk about on that one. It's just good addition. I'm it's really good. excited. Good. Good addition. Hopefully other maps that have a similar journey will be added in as well. You know, other maps that were crafted by a community member and then maybe they just add them in. I think that, that's that's what will keep this game alive for a long time. Um, I yeah, do want to talk about the other map, which I think is actually not too bad uh migration uh for those yeah. who don't know this map is that basically uh you start out on a uh small little island and there's oh sorry there's uh, there's a big island in the middle big island in the middle and then you start on each player starts on their own little island off of that um so basically mm -hmm. the idea is migration being you have to eventually leave and go send some villagers on the mainland and build up a base on the main island now the cool thing about this one is that i think as a map, it's a cool concept for one. I think where this will really shine is going to be on uh, free for alls, like big multiplayer oh, free for alls. Yeah. yeah, I think that's actually a, a really good hot take on that. That's honestly yes. when I look at this map, I would honestly prefer it more than Volcanic Island. This map actually looks like, like for example, it just looks like from a spectator's point of view, just so much can be possibly going on. I mean, you spawn safe. So, like, that whole, like, the Dark Age is pretty much not a thing, you know, because you can't harass your enemy at all. But then you guys, you know, you, may, you obviously go water, you know, build a dock, and then mm -hmm. you guys got to meet up and set these, like, proxy bases up in the center. And it's almost like you got a home base, but then the battlefield's in the center. I just, and you got water combat around. It's, I feel like there's it's a like lot of It's like a better Warring Islands, right? Because Warring Islands yeah, it is, is you're on definitely. your own island for long enough. Uh, excuse me. You're on your island for long enough, and then it's whoever builds a bigger mil uh, naval fleet wins. Whereas yeah. this game, I feel like initially your, your island you start off is good enough for Dark Age, probably. But then you've got to get off come Feudal Age and get onto the main island. And I think that it'll be a nice hybrid in that there will be battles for the middle island because your small islands at home aren't where you're really. Your main base is going to be on both, which is, I think, yeah. a far more interesting uh, battle. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this map. This is one I'm excited to dive into. I think free for alls with like four plus players would be awesome to see because i mean a lot of the oh, free for alls yeah. are very wacky with like uh mega random and it really kind of depends on the spawn i think this will be interesting to see who can branch out the well the best i think there'll be a kind of a specific build order for this too i'm excited to see how people adapt on this map uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one this one's kind of neat and there's uh sacred sites gold all the main unique. things that the resources are on the main island yeah, yeah look, I, I just pulled it up actually and i'm looking at it and it it looks solid not gonna lie I mean, it's a water map, uh, but the yeah. areas for the crossings, you could put uh, defensive structures and cover most of the crossings from the middle island. Um, that's what you get, like the outer edges are, are pretty small. And so you could definitely uh, uh, pseudo wall off with a tower or a castle or something like that. Um, yeah, it looks like a really solid map. And I think Socrates hit the nail on the head. This is going to be super, super cool for like... Uh, the free-for-alls or big team game stuff like that because exactly. uh, i think everybody's gonna get their own little island and you know which makes them vulnerable to attack and hard for your allies to help out and ultimately mm -hmm. it might turn into a water war but um 
I think there's, there's some enough, merit there's enough to... stuff on the middle. If you got built a landmark on the middle island, like you couldn't just mm-hmm. be wiped off. There's, I, th- I think this has got a ton, a ton of potential. Also, in particular, the wood is not super prevalent on your own island. There's some, but there's not enough to sustain long term. And so, so you have got to, to go to the middle. I yeah, like that. You have to 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 continue the water game. This is yeah. This is solid. Here's a question, I like actually. That. Um, I I, I just make me wonder for uh, Mongols and their movable TCs and moving buildings. Can Mongols mm-hmm. move their buildings into like if they are they their buildings just stuck on whatever island they're on? Yeah, I believe so. I'm thinking, can, can you put a Mongol uh, like landmark inside of a transport? I don't think you should be able to. I will. But you can't. I have you're to have the game wherever. up. I'll, I'll, I'll see. You're stuck That'd wherever you're at, though, right? So, like, wherever you build that landmark, I mean, obviously, for most civs, you know, wherever you build it, it's where you build it. But for Mongols, like, you can't really <laughs> How move. How dare they be like everybody else? That's, <laughs> that's kind of a nerf to Mongols a little bit, I think, right? Like, that wouldn't be as effective because you can't move your crap around like they normally do. Yeah, so I just loaded up migration into a little custom game I'm looking at right now, revealed. This map's pretty. I mean, I it's guess cool. like it's pretty cool. Like just hypothetically, like I mean, how it could work. Like I prefer this. Like this will really. This is something actually that will feel new to the season. Like I kind of feel like sometimes developers get a little nervous putting get maps like this in the map pool because they are afraid of negative feedback. Because, you know, but like this right here would have really changed up. Like, I mean, a whole new game style needs to be developed, like mm-hmm. new build orders, everything. Because this is actually a very unique map. Well, like it's, it's it comes like a better Warring Islands. I mean, literally, you got your own little spawn, which has very minimal resources. And really, the real meat and potatoes right here in the center. So that's really where most of the fighting is going to begin. But you can also have fighting on naval, fishing. It's just a lot that can happen. Multiple ways to play this map. And I think that's why it would actually be pretty good. But it's not in the right map pool. They put Volcanic Island instead. But the, yeah, awesome. they put the garbage one in there instead. <laughs> they put Volcanic Island in there instead. And I the patch notes says that people loved Golden Heights and Volcanic Island so much they're bringing it directly into the pool. So I must not have been a part of that. Really? Like word for word, that's your feedback in action. We listened to lots of community feedback during the last public update preview and have implemented changes to our map rotation from what was previewed in the pub. Notably, we heard you love the new maps in bold, Golden Heights and Volcanic Island so much, we're bringing them directly into the pool. So I don't know if that's just that Golden Heights was so hyped that Volcanic Island was like riding on the coattails or if people genuinely like it. Maybe we're just completely <laughs> off kilter on what people like about this map. Maybe, maybe maybe I was right in that the fact that it's not a true water map is why people like it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, OK, the map would be better. Maybe if it just I feel like it needs to be some type of patch to this map. Like, I feel like just make the water have fish in it and then it'll be a little bit better like there's no fish in the water <laughs> that's what the one thing that's getting me there's no fish in the map <laughs> what's the point you gonna go it's just it, it's almost like what caleb said it's like you don't play for aesthetics i mean you we do but like you don't blow the map up and like it because it looks good like yeah. it just like there's gotta be a purpose for it where I don't think Volcanic Island is really yeah. serving its purpose at the moment. Um, there's a couple other things I really want to talk about here. Also, for this is the 1v1 ranked map pool for Season 5. We've got Boulder Bay, Dry Arabia, Golden Heights, Hideout, High View, Hill and Dale, Marshland, The Pit, and Volcanic Island. To be honest, there's a number of these I don't love for 1v1 ranked especially. I'm looking at like, mm-hmm. I don't love Boulder Bay very much. Uh, I don't love, I guess for 1v1 it's not the worst, but eh, I don't love it. Um, I don't love... Uh, I, I just hate hideout, so I just don't like. I don't like hideout either. either. Me neither. Uh, I don't mind the others too much, though. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll see what I like about Volcanic Island. Uh, one thing interesting though is that with this season being kind of like the 
their whole theme for it. it's kind of like map monsters and like the wild man kind of a cool little thing where like there's a little sea monster and my extra sheep talks about this thing a little bit uh but uh and basically if you get if you send like a villager or a fishing ship to it it blesses like one of those to inspire them permanently to be faster at gathering rate so it's nothing too crazy but kind of a fun little like mini game if you find it and they're including yeah. the map monsters in boulder bay marshland and uh on team games yeah, Marshall and Map on. So they're in team games for some of the maps as well. So that's kind I of think interesting. Solo ranked. I think Solo on ranked, ranked too. On, on Solo ranked, yeah. Yeah. That, now that is what people are really surprised about. Because usually, you know, when they do these like gimmicky things, it's kind of like for custom games. I think but it's no a small really... enough thing that it's not too crazy. They must I like have thought it. it'd be okay. I think it's okay. I don't, I'll see how I, like I feel in two weeks, but. Yeah, it just, I mean, it's not going not gonna to turn the tide of a game if you freaking run into the freaking gluttonous monster in the middle of like the forest. It's not going to like, Oh nah, he's whole games flipped around. It is something I think you just like, it's like, Oh, like something you run across. Oh my God, look, it's the, the wild man. Oh, bless me. And they walk back to their village and they like have a little bit higher. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's something to make the game feel a little bit fresh. I mean, even like uh, when you play the game, it'll like come up during the game. Like, Oh wow, man, is on the lurking, or I don't know what it says, but it'll let you know that he's on the map, and it's kind of like a ooh. People start sending out their scouts to like you know see where he's at, and they may send a villager with him. It's just something that's a little, just kind of add a little bit of seasoning to the you know to the game a little bit. Mm. So I will add uh, a counterpoint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in competitive games specifically in a competitive format like a ranked format adding things for giggles is generally not good practice um because you want those games to be as stable as you can with as little uh, uh jank as possible for lack of a better word mm-hmm. um, that's a technical term jank and it's, it's in there don't worry yeah. it's in patch notes I read it. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and it, but but it's it's generally just not good practice to do that kind of thing. Uh, you can add that kind of stuff for casual play. Um, and and my my theory behind why they did what they did, because they didn't do it with any of the other stuff with like the purple map wasn't there. Uh-huh. The special deer wasn't there. They did this because I think people don't play casual modes very often. <laughs> yeah, and, I do a lot so, when I'm not feeling up for ranked, but that's we, we sure, talked about but like, last but, time uh, a bit. But. but I think they want to reach as many people with the fun things as possible. Mm-hmm. And because there isn't like in uh, an example, League of Legends, where lots and lots of people play normal games, there's uh, you know no stakes, uh-huh. and they mm-hmm. add the fun gimmicky things to that. They'll, they'll, the the mm-hmm. the minions will explode into cute little poros in the mid lane, and it's like what the heck? And it like is distracting and fun and interactive. But in ranked mode, they don't add those things. Mm-hmm. Not that League of Legends is like the best game and take a game and, you know, let's let's all be like that. But my point is that I, not any other major competitive game adds jank things to to competitive formats because they tend to be distracting, tend to do certain things. And, and like with the monsters, I think they're basically you could ignore them in any serious game and it wouldn't matter. And if your opponent went for it, he'd be running a villager in the middle of nowhere, wasting mm-hmm. villager time. Uh, and, and I think more or less can just be ignored. And so then the question is in a competitive format, why add something for funsies if it doesn't add to the game? Why not just keep it? Why not have it on every casual map? And why is it specifically on certain maps? Like, I don't know. I just have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for it and and kind of disagree with the choice. Yeah. Not because I care or think it's imbalanced, but because it's just a weird. It's odd. Weird. It's a bit odd. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's not mm-hmm. normal. And again, we haven't played tons. None of us have played tons of yeah. this yet. So maybe we'll come to like it. Maybe we won't. I don't think it'll be as I don't think any of this will be as bad as the blue screen of death. That was yeah, the right. Grove. I mean, I liked it <laughs> no, like, no, man, no. Uh, it's we we've, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, I, I it was both fun <laughs> and also memey and very odd but i think mm-hmm. I, i'm reserving judgment for now i do think it is interesting they put it in there it, I, that tells me either they must think that it's not that big of a boost and it won't matter uh, and it's just a funny little gimmick just and i kind of you said just to kind of reach more people um or i don't know maybe maybe they're just really trying to break the mold or something who knows we'll, I, we'll see yeah i guess i just point. don't know i just don't know why you would add something so undefining that that you can add it to a ranked pool because then you're going to be like, oh, that was a thing. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like, oh, my uh-huh. gosh, that was crazy. If you played these normal games, you got this crazy experience. You just add this like little thing that is so unimpactful that you can just add it to any game mode you want. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It just is. It's, it's weird. I, I can both see the merits of it and also agree with your points as well. I, I can see kind of both sides on there because like adding little tiny flares like that kind of adds some life to the game, you know? But also, like, you're right. Like, if it's so insignificant, why are we adding this to the game in the first place? Isn't this a waste of time? Exactly. I, 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 yep. see, I see both. I can see both sides of that. And again, I, I'm going to officially reserve my judgment uh, until I've played <laughs> a little bit with it and see what I think about it. So mm-hmm. it might be like my extra sheep next year, next uh, time or something. Um, Can't make from a good point. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my fault. Go ahead. No, I, no, go, I go just ahead. thought, real quick, no, I just, uh, what you said about, I think maybe, if anything, include those things just in quick play. To even make mm-hmm. to even draw value to quick plays. I mean, now that like, people really play quick match, at least I don't know. Like now, anybody like you know, quick match is kind of reserved for the more casual, you know, players. So you know, just to give quick match some type of value in general, like you know, uh, yeah, add you know the fun gimmicky stuff and you know the challenge, you know the even the weird biomes and the you know enchanted grove deer and wild man and turtle man, turtle dragon and all that stuff like that. Place <laughs> that's probably. That that pieces to the more casual audience, whereas ranked players, people are trying to hit that ladder and they're trying to uh-huh. they literally like, you know, this man put on deodorant after every game because <laughs> they're just come. so like that, shower that actually, after every game. Yeah, every game. And they're like, yeah, give me a minute there. Like, but like, yeah, actually, I, I agree with Caleb because like I, I like it. But like you said, like that's not rank putting it in ranked. It's actually kind of strange how you can compare League of Legends. Like, yeah, well, it's like it's like only of, on like the water maps too. So it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It is kind of odd. It's if maybe like maybe just we probably need just we're not used to. That. I mean, the game's been out for a year and this type of things have never been around, so we're not really used to it. But and we could I'll I'll hit more on this later. But uh, you know, I think the developers trying to find a way to keep, to, you know keep the attention of their audience without you know because not. After a while, people get really burned out and just trying to grind mm-hmm. the ladder. And I, so, I, I yeah. see that. That's kind of what I, that's kind of my thought is that they're trying to keep the game spicy. Cause I mean, I think we on this very mm-hmm. podcast had said that, yeah, the weird season things about the Enchanted Grove was kind of fun, but it wasn't really impactful. Yeah. And I wonder if this is them trying to be like, well, we're going to make it more impactful for better or worse. Um, I have a very high yeah. take so yeah, on the topic I, I later. I believe that's probably what they're thinking. Yeah. Uh, moving on through the patch notes here. Uh, empire wars is a new game mode in the mm. game i just want to read this we've, we've talked about it a little bit um there's a couple things on the actual patch notes now that we actually have like official patch notes um let yeah. me read through some of this empire wars is a new quick to action game mode for age empires 4 
Players start their game with a burgeoning empire. Ooh, big words here, burgeoning. I like it. Oh, nice. Ready Let's to go. dive into go. combat or advance to the next age. Uh, available in custom and skirmish games, the player starts with a variety of buildings alongside a distribution of working villages, which creates villagers, which creates a foothold on the map for players to expand from. Villagers will already be busy working farms, chopping trees, and mining gold and stone. Empire Wars has the same win conditions as a standard game mode and is available on all maps. No starting town is the same. Will your empire prevail? Um, mm, that's pretty good. That's I, that, that last line, actually, no mm. starting town is the same. That makes me kind of want, like, obviously, they've already said that these towns will be built to the strengths of civilization. But I'm curious as to, okay. like, what different build orders will it have ready to go? What are the starting? There's so many questions I have. I'm going to need to really dive into it this next week or two and see how I feel about it. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. I think yeah. this could be it because I, I was thinking one of the reasons I didn't play last night um, was I didn't have enough time. I was telling you guys this before we started streaming or recording was that I didn't really have enough. Or maybe I was telling my wife this. I forget. But like I was going to sit down and play. I was telling my wife. That's what it was. I was going to play Age of Empires last night, but I didn't feel like I had enough time because a game can last, you know, 20 minutes and be good or it can go an hour and 10 minutes. And I didn't really know what it was going to be. And so I actually didn't play because I was worried I would get stuck into an hour long slog as whereas my other game, I play baseball. I can just 30 minutes in and out. I'm done. I know that that'll be my time frame. So this seems like a nice way to kind of potentially have a quicker game and maybe be in and out faster. I'm curious how long the game times for Empire Wars will be. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a takeaway from Age of Empires 2. They, they do keep doing that, whether it's stealing maps or stealing uh -huh. nomad game modes. <laughs> hey, if, if it ain't, um, don't, don't fix it. Please. No, no, I, I don't disagree. I just think that, um, I don't know, I, on a side tidbit, are you trying to be your own game or are you trying to be updated in Age of Empires 2? Anyway, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I think great, that That's a great topic. That's a great discussion. We could talk about that all day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't. I wanted to say it. I didn't want to hang on it. Um, but I think it's a for this game. I think it's a decent change to eliminate the slogs. But I do think it also because of the way they've created the game eliminates dark age tower rushes. Like you know what I mean? It, it does hurt certain portions of certain civs because they were designed with dark age in mind, uh -huh. and so. I think that new strategies and new things can develop from this, and it can be, you know, EGCTV can run a tournament using Empire Wars on one of their legs and get tons of feedback on Reddit for it. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it's a good addition. I just think that it does uh, fundamentally hurt the game because it's so H-symmetric that certain says rely on those certain things. Now, I haven't booted it up, so I don't know. Maybe the Malians start with two gold mines mining like i don't know but um i uh theoretically it's a difficult one uh to get correctly balanced i guess is my thought i think it's uh actually i think okay like i like it right here i think it's a pretty good addition to the game because okay like you how you say uh you know aoe2 we're just copying aoe2 but honestly truly like <laughs> how, how i look at it right here it's like aoe2 is like the big brother or yeah. like the little brother trying to like, like fight for the, the controller. The wing. We're trying yeah. to fight the controller. Like he's like, get out of my room. We're like, come on, please let us in. We want to play. <laughs> but like, it's like that's kind of how it is, though. But like, I mean, these things, this game has found a lot of success in AOE too. Mm -hmm. It really is, and like you know, uh, you know, the biggest tournament that goes on in Asian Empires franchise in general, especially AOE too. This is what they use. They use Empire Wars because you know, just how you said, not every, not everybody has time 
for a possible 45 minute yeah. hour game. And like even uh, watching videos, you know, at what, in the biggest tournament, uh, speaking of Red Bull, and, uh, you know, they use Empire Wars with two because they can only rent the castle out for so long. So, like, they're like, yep. yo, we got to keep these moving. We don't got time for, like, every game to be an hour when you got, like, six different sets. So, obviously, from a spectator production, you know, or maybe a tournament host standpoint, it's more convenient. But I'm just that. I mean, like, like, and also, too, you know, it kind of eliminates the, like, a lot of people with turns, like, for example, like, uh, I play with some people and kind of turns them off is, like, the constant memorization of a build order. You know, you kind of like, kind of like every single game, you kind of got to execute this perfectly or as best as you can. If you don't, then you're completely flustered and thrown off and the enemy's doing. Whereas this is kind of like, I feel like Empire Wars is, and I could be correct, but it caters more to the casual player a little bit because you that build order portion is kind of, I mean, obviously you got to make decision-making and limited, but that... That first five minutes is eliminated. You know, you just, you already started. You kind of got responding. You're like, okay, what am I working with here? Okay, I got this here. Okay, let me do this right here. You can get, get moving off rip rather than, you know, in a regular Dark Age game, you got to, okay, five to sheep and, okay, put two over here on the mill. Like, you know, you just try. Like, it's just, I feel like as if you want to kind of get something to be a little more, little more user-friendly, then Empire Wars has a place. And it's just, it's more content, you know? And I wish the player base is higher so I should make a rank, a queue up for it. Even though it's not my style, I know some people who would not mind a little farther, you know, startup, like an underdog. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with the tournament thing too, where it's like, yeah. well, Age of Empires does it to shorten the times because their games can run long. And like, I get that. Um, but it is a very different game. And so I think it functionally is... Uh, much harder task to pull off in this yeah. type of thing than it is in Age of Empires 2. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, there's lots. I'm kind of scrolling through the rest of this, uh, the patch notes here. There's lots of little updates to the AI uh, as far as its placement of buildings and stuff. Lots of little things. I'm not going to, I don't think we need to go too in depth into any of those. They've added some uh, new hotkey options and stuff. They've updated some masteries, some UI, XUI. Uh, menu things so you can now exit one thing i think is you can exit a villager sub build menu by uh hitting escape key or hitting right click which has been nice for me that's something i've always kind of flubbed every now and then so that'll okay, be kind of a nice cool. little nice little uh quality of life improvement like like you click uh click a villager click q to open up uh-huh. dark age but you want to right click out of that you want to click out of that instead to go back to another sub menu yeah you can right click and it'll back out of that oh. then I won't cool. like deselect the villager. Nice. I don't think so. Yeah. Unless you click off with left click, which I've had used to left yeah, yeah. click and then click back. That's on what the I've villager. been uh-huh. doing. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Which is annoying. Cool. It, that, that's annoying. It's like, oh man, I have to, I mean, it, it basically punishes you for mishitting which QWE you want for whatever <laughs> sub build menu you want. So that, that'll be a nice little quality of life update. I, I'll, I'm happy about that. Um, looking through some weird notification things, nothing important. Um, alert pop-ups in the introductory scenario can now be dismissed properly. That's nice. Um, moving into the maps, a variation of different trees has increased in some biomes and adding missing straggler trees on hideout, wetlands, waterholes, mountain clearing, and forest ponds. I do like that. Fixing bugs. I like it. I bugs, do like yeah. that. Uh, in four lakes, 1v1 corner islands were removed. Uh, 1v1, two sacred sites will be spawned on the mainland. Players starting forest size has been decreased. This is all four lakes. Uh, total it's, amount of small forests have been increased to fix an issue where shore fish would not spawn on the shore. That, that'll be a good one for Four Lakes. Um, in Hill and Dale, the large gold and the large stone at the player's base have been removed. Okay. So is there, is there 
small good, ones actually. now, or is there just no extras? Uh, no, I don't know. It's a small one. It's a small one now. Small. It's just as yeah, like, removed. So get you on the map. Yeah, get you the 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 gold is now like you know, the big goals or anything are now in the center of the map. You have a little small one spawn in your base, so mm-hmm. I think it's just to promote you not just turtling up inside. <laughs> So now you have to go on the map. My inner HRE is screaming. Exactly, yeah. That's probably unfortunate. That's probably unfortunate. Uh, it looks like nothing but. else is too crazy but other than that. Um, looking at balance and bug fixes. They fixed being able to build stone walls through stone towers when connecting to an existing stone wall. Fix rare case where defensive structures would stop firing at visible targets within range. I think I've seen that one every now and then. I wonder if that includes uh, the great gatehouse, the Chinese gatehouse. I wonder if that includes oh. that or not. Good question. I wonder if they fixed that bug because it says fixed a rare case where defensive structures would stop firing at visible targets within range. That's been a big issue with uh, that Imperial Age landmark. I wonder if that was fixed. I, that doesn't really. It sounds, it makes me, that sounds like if that was the biggest offender, it sounds like that's probably where it was. That might be, might be what it was. I don't know why they wouldn't specify that, though, in the game notes. So that makes me wonder. Um, improved ability units being blocked. Blah, 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 blah. Trees no longer block the first one garrisoning into buildings. Lots of little bugs. Um. Villagers now get to the content soccer. Team. I know, I know, I know. I'm just double checking. Make sure sometimes <laughs> they slip things in there that I miss. I just gotta make sure I uh, I, I think like, uh, check it all. Did they did they bold what they no now? Okay, they maybe bold not, what they changed. So, so yeah. everything's changed from the original season, but they bolded anything that's bolded on these patch notes means that uh, it's a change that they changed post pup, if that makes sense. So they saw things in the pup and then made additional okay. changes to it. Um, so okay. it looks like trade has been that uh, we've already talked about the trade update, but let me just yeah, reiterate because yeah. it's really important. Gold is now given up every time the trader touches a trade post or market instead of at the end of the trip. So you'll effectively be getting gold more often, but less gold each time the trader arrives. This also means there's less need for micromanagement when your trade line is attacked. Simply right click on a market and they'll go back to trading without having to worry about losing the gold being carried. Um, so that means the set a home market button has been removed and replaced with the restart trading button. Traders now always remember the last market they were at and calculate income based off that distance. Restart trading has resumers resume their route after being moved or garrisoned. Um, I've already given my thoughts on this, that it basically is kind of like meeting in the middle from what trade was, because this makes trade, I think, more effective overall. It's less of a lump sum and more of just a constant trickle. Um, I think trade's still really good. I don't think it's I feel like the trade meta is kind of dying down anyways overall, Um, or maybe people just don't do it because it's kind of lousy. We'll see if this makes enough of a change to really stop that being so dominant. I don't know. I think gone will be the days of like early, early, like feudal trading, rushing into castle with tons of resources. I think that'll be more or less died down. That's that's a that's a Socrates prediction on my end. I think that'll be somewhat capped down, but not as much as maybe some people would hope. Uh, I think I think it's a good change. I kind of like it. I mean, it's nothing that's going to like break trade, but. You know, like uh, me and uh, me and Caleb were talking about it before the podcast. Uh, we basically were just saying that it's almost like getting paid weekly rather than bi-weekly. Yeah. You know, like he's like, because that, that, the trade trade, the biggest thing about that was like, you just got like a massive like surge off top to your trade, I believe. Like, you know, and with this one, you can uh, just over time, and you, or you basically, it's more of a gradual climb rather than like a big boost. Uh-huh. Which I think, you know, I think does kind of like make you because I don't see trade nowhere near as much as I have been. If that yeah, makes sense. I agree. Like, at one point in time, trade was just like every everyone once they, did. You know, it. One, one, yeah, once you see the top players in the scene doing it, then everybody and their grandmas like, let's just go trade forever. Like, why even fight? You know, and 
So I think I think I think it's just okay. Let's I say that because I think it's just moving in the right direction. I think it's um I never really thought about before I read it here or before Socrates read it to me while I was reading along. Uh, this also means there's less need for micromanagement on your trade line. So it it's effectively it's a quality of life change where you don't have to panic if you trade it or else because you don't lose all the gold. You've already gotten 50 percent by the time he hits a market. And so it's effectively reducing the effectiveness of rating by uh-huh. a limit by by not having a type of trade okay the traders going back those are the ones i target you just target whatever trader sitting there and, and it basically eliminates micromanaging on both sides where you just click attack on your units to harass the trade and the guy with the trade doesn't have to like panic on the ones on the way back and so it kind of eliminates this this micromanaging aspect of it more than it does anything else because you get the same gold for the same amount of investment because if they're walking from one to the other and back you get the same amount of gold because it's half and half. So it's not like reducing the trade. It's just eliminating the need to panic over which specific traders are doing what for the attacker and the defender. Um, so I, I think it's a good, I think it's a really good change because it eliminates this tedium in, in the trading and a tedium even on the attacker's part as well. Yeah, I, th- I do think right, that right. Like, part of the problem was that it was so like you had to have such crazy good micro to stop the trade. Now I feel like the I feel like the stakes on trade just went down overall. Like it, nothing is yep. it used to be like high stakes. Like if the trade gets through, it's a huge reward. Or if you rate it successfully, it's a huge reward. Whereas now it's just kind of it's a middle. It's more middling across the board, which I think I mean, overall yeah. is going to be good for the game. It means it won't matter as much, which is nice because I think trade has been a bit of a a bloodshed sword for this game for some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, yeah, here's a, a uh, sorry not to change gears too fast on you guys, but. Uh, looking at some balance and gameplay changes after that, uh, here's a big one. Outpost landmarks, so Barbican of the Sun, Kremlin, and Saharan Trade Network cannot be built within eight tiles of enemy landmark town centers. That's good. This is a post-pup update. I yeah. think... Oh. I mean, so did they... So I guess, I guess my question is, did they change something about them in the pup stuff to make slapping them next to this town center more of a thing? I think it's just uh, addressing just the early rushes with those in general. Yeah, but nobody is nobody is building a Saharan Trade Network or the Kremlin with no, eight tiles. No. Bar- the Barbican yeah, yes. is like the only target for that, and you it was still really really risky. I think it's um, more of just uh, they had to do it to the Barbican, so therefore they're just going to do it across the others just on the, the off chance of the that some, yeah, just yeah. on the off chance that someone tries it. It makes sense. I, I don't disagree with that. I just was curious if they had made that all of a sudden in the pup an issue <laughs> or if know. it's just kind of addressing i don't think so i, th- I think it's just one generic. of those like gotta be fair and equitable to all of them just to keep yeah. that away yep. that makes sense. so china haters will enjoy that i think that the barbican rushes will be a little less aggressive um Not frankly, that they when they, when they drop often. it that close to your tc though usually you can pick off enough of their guys anyways yeah yeah. Yeah. What exactly is eight tiles? I'm trying. I gotta get the measurement of that. Like, I don't know exactly what. Uh, so they're in the game. Tiles. There's tiles, and then it measures eight of those from the. What is a tile? So, so like, like if you imagine like the size of a house, is that four by two? Is that like a four by four or two by two tiles? Like, how how big is it? How much? How many tile spaces is a house? Just a normal house take up in the game. Is that one tile or is that uh, four yeah. by four? So four there by are four? two by two. It's a four four squares. Four square tiles. It's okay. Two okay. By so two. That yeah. Measure the measurement of these tiles. So that that, that so basically it'd be 
four house. It's lengths. the range of the town center, for the record. Uh, it's oh, it's okay. exactly the okay. range of the town center. Oh, so a, a town center tank. You can't build it within the firing range of a town center. So the edge of the Barbican. So basically, you won't be able to shoot the villagers with the the town center when they're building it. But they can't build it any close. They can't build it in the range of the town center. I don't think anybody's building it within eight tiles in the first place. I mean, I had that was my extra sheep. On a rare, ago, rare but. occasion. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, that's a very bold barbecue. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> that is like a really hateful yeah. barbecue right there. And I, I want to watch somebody do that with a Kremlin. That's what I want to do. Nah, that is bold. That is a man. <laughs> oh, here's a huge change that makes me really happy. Um, units standing on walls that idle aggro will no longer leave the safe walls to chase enemy units. Oh Thank my gosh, oh, they fixed that's it. Excellent. That's excellent. Walls are back that. on the menu, boys. Oh my gosh. Dude, that was literally the only reason I never used walls is because Same. they just run off the damn wall. Stone walls were like yeah. lame. You, you, I always want to, because you get bonus damage and defense when you park your guys up on there for like your long range units. Then they just hop yeah. right off. And it's like, dudes, no. <laughs> what are you doing? That's, this yeah. is such a good quality of life. This is so needed because you can't micro this. You cannot. There's, if there was one thing, if you could like micro them to do this, but you literally have to hit, stand ground. Like it was just the dumbest thing. Like yeah. issue a click command to make it not be stupid, not yeah. be suicidal. Whereas now that makes, I mean, when you put them on there, it should be assumed you're on there to defend the wall. Stay on the wall. It's like that scene from Monty Python when he's like, "You two guard him, and I'll leave." Like we're leaving with you. No, no, no. no. You, you two, <laughs> you two stay here. Him. I will go. Don't let him leave until I come back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Feels like that. Feels like that. That's gone. Thankfully, that is a great change. Oh man. Oh, I like this too. All defensive building attack radiuses are now made visible to any player when selected. Oh my gosh, really? Thank goodness. I, that is, it's an interesting change. Um, I don't disagree with it. I enjoy it because I don't have time to memorize where the damn tower range is at. Yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, it's frustrating. to Like, I, I like, I, there's kind of a fun thing to guessing where. But like, I think the mm -hmm. problem is if it's the only difference is that, oh, so-and-so just plays a lot more and just happens to know more. It's like, that's like a game knowledge. You just kind of have to know. And if there's no yeah, easy, it, if there's it, no way to find that out, except for just a ludicrous amount of experience, I think having it's just, just keep it equitable for everyone. Right. Like that, that's, I don't uh, yeah. think that's a bad change. I think, I think, I mean, objectively what it's doing is technically lowering the, the skill ceiling, right? Because that is no longer something you have to memorize. Now, if you do it enough, you will memorize it, uh -huh. but, um, it's, Honestly, it's like this towers got... league of legends. They didn't do this. They thought about doing this in league of legends for the towers, but didn't because, uh, having an indicated tower range, drastically changed the way you like played you know what i mean uh -huh. instead of like dancing on the edge of it in, in intuitively um i think for this specifically there's so much other stuff going on that this does not this game already has impact. a high enough learning curve if we want yeah. to pick this game up this is one of those things that will just make yep. this will just this uh, what is it like rising tide lifts all boats i think that's that's yeah that, that's what this i is. agree I, I do agree um monks can now heal any injured friendly units nearby while patrolling that's kind of nice. I, they weren't so doing when that before? The, when the monks are on a patrol command, they'll heal? or Monks can now heal any injured friendly units nearby while patrolling. So they'll mm. heal and walk at the same time? I don't know. That's, not, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, or is there friendly do? units while patrolling? What is the direct object here, guys? I, I don't know. Yeah, so that's my question. <laughs> yeah, are the units running by and they're healing them? Because I feel like that was also should have been happening before. Uh, I, I thought it was happening. I guess I'm the one. I guess 
Or are the monks doing like drive-by healing? And um, there's, you can like okay, troll I, I think, command. I think here's here's my, my I'm getting the grid. So there's no commas in this sentence. I think it says monks can now heal any injured friendly units nearby while patrolling. So if it said if there so was a comma, if it was comma while patrolling, well, if it was comma while patrolling, it would be oh, the monks. Man. Because it's not, that implies that while patrolling is the thing that a modifier to injured friendly units. So I think oh, any, wouldn't. Wouldn't the monks still chase people down though to heal them? That's what I don't understand. Was it not doing that before? Uh, I think not. Maybe they don't chase down anymore. Huh. Maybe it's just that like a just bug on the patrol command. Yeah, or maybe That's it's the, maybe the patrol had a bug or something like that. I'll, I'll we'll have to play <laughs> with around with this. In a yeah, bit to see, but interesting. That's not terribly clear, but naval updates. Everybody's excited about these naval updates. Uh, armored hull Probably technology. Fair. No one cares about uh, naval ships under <laughs> attack. Move orders will now continue along the shortest path to their destination after destroying a target. Arrow ships now target the center of enemy ships correctly. This implies improves the arrow visuals and communicates when they hit or miss better. Thank goodness. That, that has been irritating me. Trinkle ships now properly target and shoot enemy units that are close by. I've had problems with that too, actually. Increase the sprinkled ships bonus damage versus buildings from 45 to 55. I like this choice. And the developer note here is that when looking at this unit's damage versus a dock relative to its resource cost, the time was too long. We've increased the bonus damage to make sprinkled ships destroy all buildings faster. Woo! Make Springled Ships great again. Um, <laughs> <They> <laughs> Springled Ship Meta, let's go. Really they weren't that good? They were okay. I, it just took forever to target. I think the go-to was to uh, get explosive demolition ships and do it that way. Yeah, because yeah. Springled Ships just did like pinpricks. Yeah, it was just too long. They were, yeah, they were taking forever. Like, Whereas now, the, now they won't like, change that, that drastically, but it's, it's a, an, it you know, a fine change. It speeds it up enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, we can go through right. the specific stuff. Uh, you guys want yeah. to go through that? Yeah, I mean, we can. I, I think the most interesting thing will be some of the units they've uh -huh. added. Probably, yeah. First one, looking at rather, rather going, than going through camel rider shields, we can just like hit the ghoulum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the ghoulum here. Man at arm unit renamed the ghoulum. Uh, this fearsome warrior boasts a powerful double strike that will chew through unarmored units, but is less effective against enemy knights and men at arms. Mileage may vary. Uh, Please use your resources yeah. responsibly. It's the it's the anti Holy Roman Empire men at arm, uh, the antithesis I guess of not, of it not necessarily the anti. Uh, yeah, I think it like have you seen? I've actually seen these. I never uh, spawned them on myself, but I've uh, watched a Cassie game when they were playing with the Gulams, and they they are they're pretty they're pretty effective. These guys like, are going to be uh, horrible raiders. These guys are going to be raiders that are these will yeah, be the exactly, main of villagers yeah. and horsemen. Yes, most definitely. Well. Like, uh, they're slow still. They're they're, they're slow. Yeah. Normal men at arms. But I think it just gives yeah. the Abbasid a reason to build them because the Abbasid. Let's be honest. They didn't build men at arms. No, no, they really didn't. <laughs> no. So I think this arms. gives them a reason to build them because now they're. The, this is the unit you use to kill archers. You know what I mean? The, the uh -huh. Mangonels, and or spearmen. you can build the Gulam, or spearmen, or horsemen. I like mm -hmm. the double attack, the quick two attacks, like boom, yeah, boom. Like, that's kind of nice. It's a smart. It's a smart yeah. change because it reduces the damage they do to armored units because they're getting taxed twice mm -hmm. uh, but increases the overall damage so instead of doing 12 damage they're doing 20 damage for both hits uh but that is reduced instead of 210 is reduced to eight each hit so they're technically i guess still doing more hot but, take um, i got a hot take the ghoulam oh. now is uh the ghoulam is to men at arms as juganus are to archers yeah, yes. I, well, like, yeah, yep. like archers are a longbowman. Like, 
Oh, archers. I'm saying like like the base okay, unit. Okay. They are. Okay, they are. Yeah. Base unit. Okay. Ghulams yeah, are like they, they, it's a similar that. similar kind of sense. Like like uh, Jugulars yeah. are really good against non armored units because that quick succession of attacks. Uh, they can shred through things. Um, I, a, if I was making a comparison, like those weird tests they give you back in like middle school, you know, but as as Ghulams are to men at arms, Juganus are to archers, as far as yeah. like, what they are. I see that most definitely. So, I, I like yeah, that. It makes them unique, but like similar, they've got a similar play spot. Like if you would never want to bring these guys up against uh, HRE, I mean, they no, would just get no. shredded or even English men at arms because of their increased armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any armor unit. Like, I, it, what, uh, what Caleb said, like really like no one really, and I, and I played a lot of, uh, especially last season, a lot of Abbott and really there was like, there was nothing unique about I me mean, aside for the upgrades you get from like uh, the house of wisdom. Other than that, there's really nothing unique about their men at arms. With this act, they got a unique name and they serve more of a purpose now. You know, like mm-hmm. now you know, okay, if your enemy spawning a lot of trash units and no armor, spawn these bad boys out and watch them go clean house. Like they go crazy. Like, like yeah. So, like, because their they're damage, their attack has been increased, but their attack speed has been increased. And they're a little more expensive. They're a little more expensive, but like, too. Yeah. They're a little more expensive, but like they serve a purpose, though. And they take like, longer to build. Yeah. yeah, they do a little bit longer. And like, what about what's that? Like, uh, it was it, it, at the time of the pup, it was twenty two point five, and they've upped it to twenty six seconds now. Yeah, so another three point five seconds. Yeah, That's which is good like change. good change. Yeah, good change. And like you know, like I said, I mean, it's something that like you you can make a easy transition to based on what your enemy's doing. I mean, if you mm-hmm. have you see your enemies run out of gold, start seeing more trash units out in the field. I'm going to pick up Abbasid. I'm going to learn how to play Abbasid a little bit and I'm going to pick them up and Welcome, start playing brother. them. I will, Welcome, brother. I'm going to, I'm going to make the dive. <laughs> I have decided this will be one of the, I'm, I'm going to try and learn a new Civ. It might, I think it might Welcome. be Abbasid. We can't go wrong. They, they can't go that. wrong. Now, now, that, now that they got men at arms that they'll use, I think it's a good choice. Now that they're yeah. actually, they should be, I think a reasonably okay Civ. I don't know if they'll be like mm-hmm. S tier, but I think I'll add them to the mix. So I'll have, I'll have English, French, HRE, and I'll add in Abbasid. Now will be my next, my next Civ. I'll re- and I know China a little bit as well, but this will be the next one. I'm going to really try and learn. So that's beautiful. It's not, it's not the hardest civilization to pick up. To tell you the truth. I mean, like just you know, economy, man, oh, dude, they just can't be a mad economy. Their, their economy to me, in my point, I think they're the best economy in the game. They're so great. Mm-hmm. If you do it right. Oh, they're so amazing. I love ABBA. I, love I feel like them. the Ghulams will be so good to just like, uh, if, even if you just made like four of them at some point and just sent them to go raid. I mean, oh, just, yeah. just like as a raiding unit, this will be they're slow, but I like if you can catch like a gold vein unaware, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they remind me almost a little. I mean, obviously, this is a not a great not as good a comparison as my Juganu. If you was. say Landsnecht, I'm going to cry. I was no. going to say they're a little bit as far as what they can do to villagers. They're like a Landsnecht. Almost not really, but like they've got they can have a similar purpose okay. as that. If you get a couple of them together and send them to go find a hidden gold vein, they could just shred through stuff, I think. A little armor yeah. Landsnecht. Yeah, I think like, I think. Yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, this, I, th- I think this they're fine. Great, great unit for like, say you got like a little, you break off a couple little control group while your main at or your main enemies attacking yeah. your main force going at it. Just send these two and just have your enemy be like, oh shoot, my what? Oh what? And they don't realize they got like four gulams just killed like thirty villages while they're doing something else. Yo, they they have a purpose, and that's really all that. That's all I can really like. You know, I can clap it up for that. As long as they serve a purpose. Then well, and they, the and they overall they are men at arms, so they're similar yeah. still, and they'll do similar things. But I like how they're just a little different. It's it's mm-hmm. I, they're, I like they're effectively men at arms that are better at doing what men at arms are meant to do, which yeah. is counter archers and spearmen and tank mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. But in in the bonus of getting better at what they're supposed to do, they get a little worse at with you know, defending against uh-huh. heavier. Whereas like HRE men at arms are like they can just take on they're they're the big tanks that can take on knights or other things and they can yeah. trade yeah. well. But they also but they also don't lose effectiveness. These guys lose effectiveness uh-huh. by yeah. gaining yeah. effectiveness. The exactly. HRE gain effectiveness, but have the the standard. But as also well. that is like their um, premier unit too is the men at arms. Yes, exactly. For, so I like I like that this gives like mm-hmm. some. I like that it makes a unit usable, but different that it, it keeps a flavor, but without changing the meta on them so much that you have to learn a whole. It's not like a completely yeah. unique unit. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Camel right. Riders, uh, they wanted to increase general cost effectiveness of the unit as well as bring down the food cost. So it's easier to mix into production cycles. So Camel Riders are cheaper from 180 food and 60 gold to 160 food, 30 gold and 30 wood. Uh, hmm. Interesting change. The wood, the gold. This is probably one of the few units I've seen that has a gold and a wood cost. Yeah, like I think Chuganu have it too. Like this. Uh, is, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Is this above? Is this this like that? So 180 food, 60 gold. Now is it? Was it so? So it's a little cheaper overall, and it's less yeah, gold yeah. and and wood instead. So I think it's kind. It's complicated now. Making have to need three resources rather than two. Yeah, but you need a lot less of each. I mean, you only need 30 yeah, gold true. and 30 food. You're always going to have wood coming in, almost always. Yeah. And it's, your gold almost reliance right. is going to be a little down. So you're just going to have to just move an extra villager on yeah, wood. Yeah. And you're okay, going to have yeah. to do that anyways. Yeah. I mean, because you can get now you can get two camel riders for the same amount of gold, right? Uh-huh. And so it makes them more cost effective because wood's cheaper generally than yeah. gold. And, uh, and they reduce the food costs a little bit by adding an extra resource. This is a smart change. This I is think. a smart change. And what this um, does yeah, yeah. is what this does in practice is it's going to make transitioning into this unit a lot easier. Because mm-hmm. now you're no longer just like, I have to have a billion I gold. Switch into gold. Yeah. Now it's like I've mm-hmm. got some on gold. I've been adding some. I can go ahead and transition to it a little bit. It's, yeah. it's gonna make that transition a lot smoother. And I think Abbasid, yeah. frankly, as far as military might, could use a little more fluidity in their transitions. I feel like that's a sieve that has Maybe not a hard. I think that with with the tower or not tower victory with the vic, uh, military wing can kind of uh, transition easier into a military. But I think it can be kind of hard for the civ to sometimes pivot really quickly into another uh, another comp. Comp, yeah. Where some civs yeah. I think are lend themselves to it easier. Like English, for instance. I mean, with if you put up a keep. We don't, we don't talk about English on this podcast. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we don't talk about Chinese on this podcast. <laughs> but like some civs, you know, have, I mean, it's, it's not something we think about, not something I've even talked about too much, but like the ability to pivot. I mean, if I were to like have like, like a Mario Kart style, like, like up, like, like list of like what strengths and weaknesses they have, like little like columns of like, like super max speed, super max, like super good eco, super good military, unique units, like ability to pivot. Like that could be like, that'd be one of those things I should start thinking about. Like how good do certain civs pivot into different comps or how good are they? At, like, I, I wonder if like certain civs are better, obviously, but it's not something I feel like is explicitly stated. But I think I was, yeah. I would have said that this is a, a civ, Abbasid civ that doesn't pivot super easily. But this, I think, makes them, uh, that gives I mean, them a, a, a good notch this, in the right direction. These changes along with the previous ones, I think allow them piv- pivotness. Uh, <laughs> I need to find like a better word. Pivality. I don't know. Oh, that's good. No, that's a good word. That's a good word. But I'm looking at these camel archers. Though. Yeah, these camel archers. Yeah. Uh, they remove the long firing delay, and the developer note on that is damage per second remains the same, but it's now easier to kite and micro the unit. 
So did uh, it like lock lock you out of doing something before? Is that what happened? I I think before they just shot very stupid. Like, that first yeah, shot took like, forever to yeah, load up. Yeah, it was weird. It was like like they do like this little movement with the camera, and then they shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like camera like, like, like winds like, up and yeah, like yeah, they like long yeah. shot. Then it, but yeah. not, I heard. I, I guess I, I don't I, understand. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, no, I I don't understand how that. How removing the delays keeps the DPS the same. Uh, um, so, so it, this is only for the first shot. So okay. for the very first, for its initial first shot, uh, it just took a long time. When you hit action to attack something, it just took forever. You know how so you can like kite your like scouts to shoot fast, like when you actually manage them a little bit. I think what this does is it lets you that first shot you can get off a little faster. That way there's not yeah. delay and I attack this unit and it like sits there waiting, doing its little animation for five years to get that first shot. And then it's I guess after that it's a constant DPS of just here's the, the shot. Yeah, I guess one, if you're if yeah. you count the DPS starting after the damage is taken, then the DPS wouldn't remain the same. Um, they, like, I see this as a slight, slight I guess buff. it's a faster to the DPS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you, uh, go. you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of more DPS, it's a faster to the DPS. Uh, I think uh, I think it makes it makes sense for this unit though, because this unit likes to kite. And if you can't yes. if it takes forever just to get that first um, shot off, like what's I will say as a holy Roman Empire player, this is gonna be a nightmare. Uh, yes, that's, that's I, what I they build it. and yeah, well, I love it. Let me tell you, no. as a new Abbasid player, I am very excited about this change. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, brother. Welcome. But like, uh, one thing is cool though, yeah, like when you uh, when you're kiting with camel archers in the past, the animation takes so long, it'd be a lot easier to close that gap. Where with the DPS being, you know, with their that little, you know, I don't know, how many seconds the delay is with that being gone, that you can that gap is a little bit harder to close. For yeah, example, like, you know, with the yeah. So like, you know, you're doing it, you're you're you getting them off so quick that like, you know, you can that's why you put in the note that it's easier to kite because yeah, more akin you, to like a standard yeah, archer kiting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like now, like, you know, eventually they're so slow when you're kiting them in arms, you'd eventually catch up and start smacking them. And it's like, yeah, don't work out as well. Mm-hmm. But now I think that that gap can be a little bit more. It's a little harder to close. So HRE might struggle a little bit. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? They yeah, HRE didn't get a lot of love this patch. We will talk about them here. They didn't really get much at all. There, although I will say, I feel like HRE has been in a pretty okay spot for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, season two is great. So ever since season two, they've been a decent. Ever since season two, they've been just a <laughs> run of the mill, normal, good sieve. They're all reliable. What yeah. you say? They're, 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 yeah, all reliable. HRE perfect sieve. First, HRE perfect. perfect HRE is like the perfect. poster child of a good yeah. solid sieve. Let's. let's perfect sieve. I think a lot of that has be. to do with this. Is a bit of an aside, but I think a lot of that has to do with that, the fact that their landmarks are just so good. I mean, I think, we've said, I think we've said on this podcast a couple times. Uh, I don't know if this is the case anymore with the Kremlin change, but we had said before that, at least, that HRE has, across the board, in general, the best landmarks in the game. Uh, I, could, I can't. It's hard to argue. If I would look at my little Mario Kart stats, I think landmarks, they have like top tier marks for landmarks because they've just got a really yeah. good choice in every age. It's hard yeah. to argue with it. It really is hard to argue. I mean, like I said, Roos is coming up there, but Roos is getting there. I would say Roos is oh, made is it, the, the Kremlin change, especially. I mean, you got two of the best landmarks in both the. I mean, we've talked that we've talked this to death, but there are feudal landmarks. I think they've got the best choice of feudal landmarks in the game. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's What's go to next? Chinese. Uh, yeah. Reusable barrels reworked into additional barrels. Uh, they no longer reduce cost to nest of bees, and the nest of bees now receives one additional rocket arrows per volley. 
and the cost mm, has increased. The cost so has increased. expensive. Is that is that good enough for seven hundred? I don't know. An extra know. rocket. An extra rocket. Like, does now that oh, so, 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 even the cost, do something? No. For those of you who don't know, uh, the cost was originally one hundred fifty wood and three fifty gold. The cost has gone up to two hundred wood and five hundred gold for seven hundred total wow. resources. SDBs are good, but are they like now? I'm like sitting there going, like they were an S tier unique unit. And now it used I'm, to. And it reduced the cost of nested bees before, right? I used the to, reusable yeah. Now it doesn't. And now it's like, mm. you're not going to ever build this. Yeah, I... Uh, it went from, this is necessary if you have nested bees, because you just get general benefit, to, I have an extra rocket for a million dollars. Kim Jong-un hey. somewhere is just, like, salivating. <laughs> I can't actually put, put a developer note here at the nested bees. Because like I want to know kind of what they're thinking. Maybe like they just maybe that quick castle and transition and nested bees is they're trying to kind of kill that off, where you kind of just go to castle age and you crank out two or three nested bees and then you're pretty much unstoppable. Like I don't know I really know. where it, I, it, I, it is expensive. It is but like that wasn't that doesn't change it so because this because the reduced cost was after you got an upgrade. So you are either delaying to get cheaper nested bees after you got an upgrade, which would delay that push, or you pay full mm. price anyway and then eventually get cheaper for the later game, which makes sense. And this one's like, is oh, it's just a way to make late game Nesta Bees still feel good. Is this, I guess. Is this now just an Imperial? Is this just an upgrade you pick up in Imperial Age then? Just late game, you pick it up and get your extra beefy. Uh, that'd be like, that'd be the only time I could see myself going for that for 700 resources. Yeah. It better be pretty late game where I'm actually yeah, packing that on. I mean, that, yeah, it makes, I, mean I, I guess ideally that makes your Nesta Bees more cost, more uh, population efficient by getting the extra rocket edition. But how, like, is it that much more DPS? I don't know. I, I would have to. I need to see like an age well, to talk about that one, to be honest. Because were they were they firing off two before? And now it's three. Like uh, two it, rockets. It was three. Off? It was three before. I thought. I think now it'd be four. Now it's four. I, they uh, shoot off so many rockets. It all good. just feels horrible. I don't know. It sounds pretty good. I don't know. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I mean, like it's like nested bees are. <laughs> this, so is China. Ten, this is China. Ten siege, totally eight care. burst attack. So now it's get, they get an extra ten damage. Um, oh, that's all. Uh, yeah, ten, 10 siege, eight burst attack is what the is what it was. And so you do like this little, you shoot eight rockets, and now you'll shoot nine for seven hundred resources, and it's an and it's an additional ten. <laughs> the bombs uh, bursting okay. in air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I guess one thing you kind of got to wait and see, see how the, the meta yeah, plays out. Yeah. yeah, it's so early in the season. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like it's just like we we really don't know. Well, and this and this is in bold, so this means that they've changed this after looking and reviewing the pup. So oh, yeah. That's so maybe they maybe they, they must feel really confident about that. Um, looking at the Juganu cost has been adjusted from two, 20 food, thirty gold, thirty wood. This to is a really smart change. Thirty food, uh, twenty gold, thirty wood. And the developer note is we want to have a higher food tax on players making Juganu, so they either have to risk going out on the map or invest food for a wolf farm transition or, yeah. or invest wood for a farm transition. I like this because uh, that's this mm -hmm. will kind of this will subtly nerf the uh, or almost maybe not nerf but like rework. Uh, the mm -hmm. way that China likes to feudal rush with these guys um, yeah, and good. still booming behind this. Now they have yeah. to kind of choose. Am I rushing or am I booming? I can't quite pick both. Well, because um, yeah. hitting, hitting food like this early game is much, much better than hitting the gold. Because uh, uh -huh. now it's every three Juganus is the same cost as four Juganus for food. Yeah. And so, yeah. Which is going to uh, slow China down just enough to keep them in reach of every other sim. I think that, that's a good yeah. change. 
Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise, I feel like you deal with the Juganus and they castle up behind it still, and you're just like, well, yeah, what the heck? yeah, because they just didn't spend. They're any playing food on the full end. feudal and they're castling. That's just not. Yeah. What can you do? This this will make that yeah. not a thing anymore. Yeah. I, I think that'll be good. Yeah, it'll hurt it anyway. I don't think it'll be not a thing, but I think it will. Yeah, yeah. it'll make it a little Bring less, it. little less overpowered, which is what China needs yeah. across the board in many ways. Yeah, not that, not yeah, China's overpowered, like ground. Please, I mean, again, I, Tim said this that China's not overpowered. It's just so frustrating that they have the answer to everything, and this makes yeah. it not. I don't a like English. Kind of like English. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like English. Hey, hey. Uh, to be fair, there are comps that work really well against English. Sure. It's called uh, Alt and F4. Alt F4. <laughs> it's really amazing. As an English guy who's loved English from the get-go, the, the, the rise and fall and rise again of English, man. English is like... <laughs> English has been through the slumps and now it's back on top. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's like they're trying to be historically accurate. It's interesting. Mm. Mm. All right, I like that. I, I, think English is a, see, I think English is an okay spot. I, I don't hate it. Um, they, they've changed some things with English too. For That'll be interesting to look at. But Yeah. Grenadier? Grenadier. Damage decrease from 13 to 10. Damage type change from range to siege. And so it ignores armor. That's the kicker. The ignoring armor part, which I actually agree with because an explosive is an explosive. Concussive force is not ranged. Um, bonus damage versus building is reduced from 65 to 20, though. Because they're doing because they're doing siege, siege damage. damage. So it, isn't this a revert? Didn't they used to do siege damage and then they changed it because everybody built them? Honestly, I don't remember. I honestly don't know. I don't remember I either. Think, I think I think it used to be siege and then they changed it to range and increased the bonus damage and we're like screwing them up. And now they're like, all right, fine. Yeah, they were fine I think I think this makes them just viable again because <laughs> now they're viable in armies and comps. This was just a D tier unit. Now I think it's going to be like a yeah. B or A tier unit where it's going to be viable. Probably probably B. They're, probably they're B. Ranges, get them still yeah, pretty short. Yeah. That's good. I think it's a good spot for them. It's a good spot I for mean, it. Yeah. Be, it doesn't need to be overpowered. Before, they, before the toilet slump for them, dude, they were really good. They were like AS tier, weren't they? Like, they were there up there, yeah. Because, like, yeah, I remember, like, there's a point stack really early in the game. You can just make these, and they, they killed army, buildings, keeps, anything. They killed everything. Uh-huh. Dude, Fire Lancers, though? Fire Lancers, oh, Torch man. Damage reduced from 36 to 40 to 30 to 34. They are nerfing these boys yeah. down to the ground. Well, well I wouldn't say down to the ground, but... It's because they already buffed up their uh, normal attack. Yeah. So their Fire Lancers are now more viable in an actual composition, and they still do pretty good damage to buildings so they're just making yeah, a they little more buildings, but they're not going to one shot your red palace no no they're they're basically making them not an anti-building thing they're just it's it's either they're making their both their negatives and their positives a little closer to the mean mm-hmm. um besides that palace guards have been increased from 100 food 200 gold to 100 food and 25 gold so just a small interesting increase in cost. Huh. i think it's okay because palace weird. guards are a bit more beefy than the average minute arm well, I mean, they're, they're, they're faster. They're, they're weaker, but faster. But now they're costly. Uh, uh, five gold is like, that's enough. I don't. Yeah. Think it's, it's, it's minuscule enough to wonder why they would do it. Honestly. Yeah. I'm like, I, oh, one, 120 just, resources to 125. Maybe they just want to, they must be just tweaking it. Maybe they just want to kind of bring it. Well, I, I, I'd rather have a small change like that than something sweeping for something that's yes, not broken. I agree. It's just, it's just interesting because I just never really thought they needed. They, they felt like a decent unit. <laughs> well, now they're a little but, bit more nerfed and it's China. So yeah. what do I care? yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) um here's another big big one uh one i've been excited to talk about the gauzy raider we've talked about this a little bit uh when we look at the pup notes 
Um, but the Delhi Sultan needs Delhi. Yep, the Delhi, the Ghazi Raider. Uh, Beal is picking up Delhi this season. I know he was really excited about this unit. It uses a mace in combat, first of all. Uh, the cost increased from 100 food and 200 wood to 110 food and 30 wood. Um, it's a damage mm-hmm. has gone up significantly. Uh, its train time has also increased from 22 and a half seconds to 25. This will be just a really, this is just basically horsemen for Delhi are the way to go because now you've got guys raiders. I'll be, it'll be fun to see. Dude, imagine these guys going against the Abbasid's men at arms. That would be, oh man, that's, that's going to be a tough matchup for they, Delhi. They would but. lose. The, these guys would lose to the Abbasid. Very much, very much so. I, I just like yeah. that we have new interesting dynamics like that though. Um, I don't think we can talk it. too much more about that. Other changes, elephants are no longer talked by. <laughs> if, while they're as big as boats, <laughs> elephants are no longer attacked by dock and placement arrows. That's funny. Uh, That's pretty good. We've talked about a lot of these things. This is all the same things from the pup. Um, the developer note, however, on Sanctity. Sanctity. Yeah, I was reading that. The golden oh, club yeah. bonus is reduced from 50 to 25%. That's huge. Uh, the note, this is, this is post-pup. This is a bolded post-pup change. This is yeah. new as of two days ago. Sanctity can create a very binary game where the Delhi player has three secret sites and a gigantic advantage or no secret site and is far behind. We reduced this delta in power and gave them the Gazi Raider to create a more balanced power curve in the feudal age. It, is that how that works? Is that actually what is going to happen here? I don't know. I don't know, but that's at least we took insight. half of their income off of their whole mechanic. And gave them an expensive horseman that's good against men at arms. Like what? That's not good against men at arms. Well, let's see. Uh, they don't use wood, but the, okay. But the horsemen don't use wood. The gold. They're they gain wood. bonus damage for heavy units, and they have flat it, it flat yeah. increased damage on top of bonus damage versus heavy units. So they're an expensive horseman that's good against men at arms, and they took half their gold income away from their entire thing. That's absurd. That's rough. I'm curious what this is going to do because this makes basically I mean this makes them into feudal into HRE brutal this is going to make HRE very have a rough time against like whereas HRE is going to do really good against uh, uh, Abbasid. Abbasid they won't do good into Delhi because Delhi's going to yeah kick trash against HRE now but HRE isn't even going to do very good into Delhi, uh, Abbasid because of the camel rider the camel riders, you, yeah, can, never, you yeah. can never catch up to him now um, man, I just I just don't understand what their thought was. We reduced the Delta in power and gave them to Gazi Raider, but you didn't reduce the Delta. You just nerfed it. That's not you didn't like Oh, we you know, adjusted it around. You gave them a unit that they probably needed. <laughs> yeah, they needed it for sure. Uh, they what this does, it changes the meta a little bit, though. I, I think on a, this is trying to they're trying to shift away from the play for the sacred sites saying you only need like one and it basically means like you're i think this is going to have to change wouldn't build, this mean the if build you, order's got to change would, like the build order has to change because you can't you can't go for this now no you really i think that's what this is doing is it's fundamentally changing the civs feudal age which has been its identity for a while this is this is almost as big as when they changed the uh, uh what was it with china and the seeds like this is as big as when they made some of those changes in china was remember that time yeah after like was it season Two or so, like, like it was where, a season one or something. Where one, they, like, just season only two, where, yeah. where China's meta, like people were complaining that China's whole thing was gunpowder, and the Grenadiers. That's when the Grenadiers got kind of nerfed too. Uh-huh. And they're like, "What's the whole point of China now?" And its identity was just floating in the wind for a little, for about a season until it kind of figured itself out again. That's going to be very similar to this. Uh, Delhi is going to be in a very weird place for a while until 
like beast acuity or someone comes up with a new uh build order for him because it's gonna fundamentally have to change the sieve and the gauzy waiter is nice um but delhi's the sacred sites are just that, that's a very different play style than what we're gonna see then it's gonna have to change or it won't be as effective i mean i, I think delhi is more viable in feudal age right now i mean but like, yeah, now you're not playing for castle yeah, anymore you're playing for yeah feudal. yeah now like you know with the gauzy raiders i mean like a lot of uh, matches they might struggle with against with HRE French all I mean, those. Does like, this mean that Delhi needs to start going like two TC or something like two TC staying? Well, so field? it's yeah, reducing. So instead of getting 150 gold a minute, they're getting 125 gold a minute per sacred site. So they're losing 25 gold a minute per sacred site, which means they're losing 75 gold a minute if they capture all three for X minutes. Um, which is what three villagers. Hmm. I think three villagers of gold that they got for free, they're losing right off the top for, for, to get an expensive horseman. <laughs> That's that has obviously some bonuses, but like it, it sound, just, to the average layperson listening, that may not sound like a big swing, but losing three vills on gold, is kind of a big swing in feudal. Especially, yeah. yeah. Especially when you like relied on that for your gold income because the rest, because you were pumping trash units and you'll be needing more of those resources to get these special horsemen out. And uh, like I know they were strong and nobody played them, and so people didn't think they were strong. And I get that. And so, like maybe I don't know, maybe the nerf was needed, but it's essentially just a nerf to them. It's well, not this changing. Is, this is post pup too, so they saw something in the pup that made them make this change. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm wondering. Does that, does that mean the Gauzy Raider is that good? It's I mean, potential. That must that, potentially. That, 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 maybe that's what that means then, because I didn't follow too much with the pup, and that that to me then says that the Gauzy Raider was so effective at what it did at boosting their power in feudal that they felt that they needed, they could lose the sanctity and because Gauzy Raider is the meta now for it. Because mm -hmm. this is a post-pup play. That means they saw some data, saw some games, and this then they thought this was the right decision. So, I mean, and they talk yeah. about that in their developer note that Gauzy Raider is now the power delta. Starting yeah, I guess it's potential. I just didn't, you know, I guess at first glance it seems strong, but not... That's strong. I mean, I, I guess that's a horseman, though. With the extra, they got that speed too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's potential. You know, I mean, I know Bill was gosh. thrilled about it. Go ahead, send us your devils. Two, two TC. That's the new meta two for TC. Delhi. I don't know. I, I don't think know so. about that. But. I think. I listen. I think. Look at. It. I mean, like you know, for that reduced income they're getting from the sacred sites, they're just going to put more on gold a little bit, and mm -hmm. you know, they're more viable in feudal age. I mean, why not? I mean, like it's not been explored that much. But it's not like insane to think about Delhi going two TC, maybe getting a Sega side or two, and then just making up for it with a higher economy. Where you know, because with these guys, the Raiders, they can they can now fight anything. They can fight really anything in feudal age. I mean, like you know, like where they struggle with. I mean, where they struggled against French. You know, like uh, you know, men at arms from any civ. Like you know, they just had nothing to counter it with these guys, the Raiders. I mean, in these maces. They, they, I mean, they, I'm looking at the damage they do to armor units and they, they do a decent amount. In, they in actually, feudal, it's a, it's a five damage increase. Yeah. To heavy that, units. That's, that's pretty good. I think, I yeah. think that you, I think we're going to start to see a different, you know, we're going to see a meta change for the Delhi for sure. Where like, you know, Sega sites are like almost like you, you go for them, but that's not going to be. That's not the major break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like even, even when you. And, and you, you know, that's, Delhi, that's their point, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's their point. You know, because when you play Delhi, you're automatically trying to kill those sacred sites before the enemy. This makes yeah, now, and this now makes a choice. Do you go for sacred sites or yeah, do you go Gazi Raider? Yeah. This, this uh, you know, I think 
again, this will, be, this will be a prediction. I, I could be very off on this. I think this will be an okay change for them. I think this will open up and make them more versatile. I think it's always more fun when a Civ has more options to explore. We're seeing that. China's always had that. English has now, is, I'm looking at the patches for English. Very excited about some of these changes for English. I think it's going to open up oh, yeah. some different, because I think people are getting tired of seeing the same thing from English and having it be so strong. Now there's another option coming up that they could potentially try yeah. instead. Uh, Roos has the two great options, a couple of great options across the board for playstyle now. I think Roos is in a great spot mm -hmm. as far as what they want and can do. HRE is kind of still stuck in the same little boat. They could use maybe some better options. Wah, wah. A little bit. I, I'm starting well, to understand what people are saying because we're getting we're getting different playstyles for each Civ, where each Civ can go for two very distinct playstyles that are very effective. Believe it or not, I mean, I think like I'm, I'm like, I mean, like I said, what really is like you know the the real selling point of Asian Empires Four in general. I mean, it's the diversity of civilizations and the diversity of playstyles. And if you look at it, I mean, I feel like the more updates we get to the game, the more viable different playstyles are becoming. Because even uh -huh. you say HRE, you know, we typically think, oh, HRE just goes, you know, you know, fast castle into men at arms, which is pretty much was their whole identity. But even if you watch a lot of like games now, like, you know, Mindwork Palace is coming more of a thing. And like a lot of people like I me, mean, I just watched a game yesterday, I believe, or yeah, like where uh, a pro player, uh, he literally just went mind work, went all archers and won the game with all Dude, archers. Askeladd Ask is just beaming. I can just feel him just approving his, <laughs> his seal approval on that build style. He loves that, that build. And, and that's, yeah, and, that's, and it, it's viable. Like it can, if you, if you, you know, execute it well, like it's becoming, the game is getting every single patch, the game is getting more and more of its own identity. They're, they're even giving the units which they had three or four horsemen in the game. Not every, you know, all these horsemen are not getting their own unique names and getting unique things about them to make the game even more unique. Like, so we could, like, I mean, with the sacred sites being, you know, a little nerf, we're all like, you know, our jaws are on the ground. Like, oh my gosh, now we're definitely going to do. Well, now they got to do something different. And now we're like, we're like almost mind blown. Like, well, now they can't just go for sacred sites. Now what they do. It's like now well, you like got the ants in like a, a, a bug's life, like where the leaf falls. It's like I'm lost. It's like, exactly. Just go around. Like, yeah. It's like exactly. You just gotta try. You know, say like you brought up like the two TC deli, and we're all like, nah, nah. <laughs> it's like, hey, actually, that might be viable. You know, maybe you might see more deli all ins, and you know, just it's which gotta see how it plays out throughout the season. But I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it. It's I, I've had this thought. I think we've mentioned it on this podcast a couple times too. Like how many different strategies and metas are out there that we just haven't discovered yet because oh, everyone yeah. just copies what the top guys do. And maybe there's oh, something yes. out there. I mean, I think of like 3DB. He is probably one of those guys most known for trying something very new and different in high mm -hmm. level situations. And then sometimes having it work and being off meta and then like being, oh, hey, that's a cool thing to see. Uh, his, some of his yeah. and uh, Beastie's games are very much like that. Or like when Beastie comes up with something new or does something off meta, like, there's so many options that are in this game. Uh, yeah, me. It's interesting. It's fun, a, it's fun to say. I like, I like that we're being pushed into those. I love it. I love it. Like I said, I like me. I like the big thing that you know really motivates me to play this game. I, I like watching pro scene. If anything, I like watching the, like you know pros do it. And uh, you know, like we say, B, but a player who also does it very heavy that it's like kind of seasonal. But like uh, the Domesta, like he's mm -hmm. also a player that does a lot of like very creative things that like people don't see and actually can change. Like, you know, we copy the pro players, but the pro players are the ones that are actually writing these formulas. They're the ones really coming up with different things. Yeah. And then sometimes they work 
and then once they work, then we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those moments where like where like a uh, uh, the trickle down economics actually kind of works. Exactly, like exactly. So they is sometimes man, that's kind of a unique part of the game. I mean, you can follow these pro players and let them set the meta for you, or you can just. You could do something you off can meta. Go and your own way. Exactly. You could be your own part. You could be your own and try something new. You never know. It could work out. Uh, uh, all right. So let's go. Uh, let's go to summer camp, huh? <laughs> I think this is interesting, and I have a couple of mixed opinions. I saw Beal playing this a little bit. I wish I could have picked his brain before. I, I was able. I was just kind of passively watching the stream. I didn't really get to actually dive into it and chat with him. I really wish I could have. I think I saw him. I think playing with this ability with the English or maybe I was watching some other stream. I, I bet you might've been in there, Caleb. I don't know. I, I was dipping around be kind of lurking more often than not. Uh, the campfire ability. Uh, for those who don't know, this used to be an ability that longbowmen could research and then uh, it would heal them for a little radius when you're like, stuff. it wasn't very well used. I used it sometimes. Wasn't a massively used thing. It's completely reworked. It has been moved from longbows to men at arms. It no longer requires research. It costs 25 wood to deploy a campfire. You can have up to five of these and they no longer provide healing. They provide a 30% increase in sight range to units in the area. They also provide some natural sight range if no units are nearby. The developer note on this is interesting. The campfire ability wasn't getting much use and we wanted to revitalize the civilization with a new ability that helps the core roster shine. Instead of providing raw power, this ability has multiple interesting scouting potentials such as being put in stealth forests or on tall terrain to enhance a scout even further. Know that these campfires are also attackable by an enemy and only have one health, so they're best used at strategic times. I've got mixed opinions. One, my initial thought is I kind of like this. It's kind of a fun idea. I like having the idea of just putting little pockets of vision. But then I think of the fact that of so many games I've seen, uh, there's so many games I've seen recently where outside of like vision in general in the game is important, but not that important. As long as you know the vision is on your opponent, you don't have to see the entire map if you know what the map layout is. Um, so part of me is like, this is really cool, but vision's also not the end all be all of importance. It definitely isn't raw power, but I think it's nice that it's for free. It definitely, I think it's a good flavor to give for English at least. I don't know. Once, I think once again, it kind of like adds a little bit more diversity to the unit composition of the English. I mean, usually English always goes Spearman, Longbowman, you know, Spearman, Connor, the Calvary, I mean, men-at-arms Longbowman. are definitely not a stranger to English because they have yeah, really good men-at-arms. Yeah. Getting oh, those yeah. mixed in definitely is part of the English comp, I would say. But you're right, you're right. Yeah. Spears and Arcs yeah. are definitely what you yeah. start with. So, you know, if you got to, you know, maybe they may want to make it to where there's a, a men-at-arms Longbowman more. Like, you see, that, you see that comp a little bit, but you see more of it with, you know, late on a campfire, you provide range, you provide sight for the best range unit in the game that have higher range maybe put a maybe put a, a campfire on somebody's wood line now you see over the trees and now you're lighting up the wood line across like it just i feel like i don't mind it because the the previous campfire you know you know you said use a little bit sarcasm it was i never seen it being used yeah because it, it took too much it was too much of a delay in your initial push have your camp to have your guy just pop out a mug and start roasting marshmallows right outside the guy <laughs> while he's while he's building up his like, right now. oh yeah his hat that does sound pretty good but like you know like while you're sitting there you, but so basically though it wasn't viable before because you know I mean, first of all, my women are pretty they're, they're a little more expensive than a regular archer but they're still pretty cheap 
So when your longbowmen start taking damage, you got to go off, duck off, and then, you know, light a fire to heal them up. By that point, they got your counter just rallied up right waiting for you. And then you so you come back in a battle and you got the whole counter. Like you got three, four horsemen right there waiting for you. And it almost feels like a waste of time. Like you, it's, it's too much of delay. With If you want to go aggro push with the English, you want to stay on their head top. You want to stay on them. And that little delay is not really it's not really viable. You can't mass up because by the time you get back on the field, you, their counter is waiting for you. With mm-hmm. this... You know, with this now, you know, you, you, you lay a campfire down on somebody's a very important resource and then you just outrange a tower or whatever they have that is going to counter it. Like it just makes I think with this makes it more viable for a minute arms longbowman push futile. Or even late game. Or even just for I scouting, think, you know, even just you want to scout outside yeah, the range. Scouting, scouting, exactly. scouting vision has been, I, I didn't mention this. So I mentioned this yeah. in the pop notes when we were talking about that. Scouting vision does not scale anymore. It is stuck at dark age. Yeah. It used to get bigger. Scouts visions mm-hmm. are, that's a nerf, huge nerf to scouting vision. So this will actually yeah. help bring that back a little bit. So you can, exactly, you can yeah. camp, you can camp a scout on the edge of a person's town exactly. and you build a campfire and you can still watch what's going on. And then, and then you can make five of them. I mean, you can honestly put like, I mean, depending, you put like a couple of these on the out layer of your enemy's base, you know, and you kind of see what's going on a little bit. And, you know, it's not overpowered because it's very, it's easily countered. The enemy can see it and break it and destroy it. But like, you know, it's just, I feel like you will see more of this being used than you would of setup camp. Like the setup camp, uh-huh. I never saw it. This will become a so defining like, feature, I think, of English play. That it, it makes yeah. English has been so uh, lambasted for just being so basic, so without yeah. unique. Uh, the only, I think the most unique things about English thus far uh, have been that there are villagers can fire arrows. Yeah. And now this, this is now the other thing that is the <laughs> most is. unique. Uh, this yeah, now, that like, and the king. The king is now a new unique. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. Too. I got. I got to talk about yeah, that. that I mean, I'm, the king's pretty cool. I like it. There, there's some changes. Anything else on the campfires, or do you want to move on to the king? I, 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 I have some oh. thoughts. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, so my first thought is a meme. Uh, The wood cost is half the cost of a house. That's a big campfire. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're lighting half of a house on fire and and having to roast some s'mores over it. Uh, (laughs) I used to joke in Um, uh, that's like a big white man fire. You just make a big bonfire. Yeah, it's it's a fire. Just like absorb the heat. Fire, just, I mean, what's the, what's the pop? Ten, so ten people can live in a house, in, and it costs fifty wood. So just imagine the size of this campfire. Uh, <laughs> one hit point, huh? But yeah, one. <laughs> um, you know, a little water, and you're done. Uh, the other, the the thing, what this does is it plays into how the English play. Uh. In a perfect world, what is the English strategy? You walk up to your enemy's base with a giant wall of archers and knights and spearmen, treb down their walls and slowly push with this massive death ball. And what this does is it allows you to set up a literal siege with campfires that are making your your uh, longbowmen have the vision radius of a scout. Uh, mm. An unbuffed scout. So your scout will obviously benefit more from this too, but the it, it is basically a nine tile range vision for longbows, which is what the base is for a scout. And so it effectively allows you to have scouts running around while you have scouts, quote unquote, campfired on the front lines while your trebs are sieging things down while you're death balling in it. And it allows you to set up these stations instead of necessarily having to bring towers forward. 
I now, will say there is that opportunity cost if you have to have a men at arm to do this. Yes, that is true. But you're generally, if you're doing what this incentivizes, uh, I don't think people are going to run men at arms across the map and drop these everywhere for a little vision pocket. I, they're just not a fast enough yeah. unit, I think, to, to validate that. Um, but what I do think that this is going to do is allow the, the English death ball push to be even stronger by mm. giving you bonus sight range and giving you these like mini tower locations without investing in a full tower. Now, I'll obviously, even, you want towers. So if you to can, say, I'll even go so but, far to say that even like the English ram rush all in. If you usually you mix in some spears, you can mix in one minute arm just to get that English Lombo yeah. rush a, yeah, bit exactly, more effective, yeah. a bit more effective as well. So it does play into that, too. Yeah, no, it plays into that as well. And, that, and that's a similar idea, though. Even if it's uh, if it's feudal yeah. or castle or imperial, similar. it doesn't matter. The English build up a pile of longbows, have something protected, what will now be at least a few men-at-arms, to give them bonus vision so they see what's happening before you. And that is insane, especially if you're on the aggression. You know what your opponent's doing before he sees you. Um, yeah. And you have, like, these stationary locations where you're kind of running through them and around them. Uh, on the outskirts of the enemy base, it's. I think it's going to make them a very, very, uh, a, a, a very, very good utility for what they already want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and moving on to the Abbey of Kings landmark, this is a post pup change. So another big change. The Crown of King cost has been reduced from 150 food and 150 gold to 100 food, 100 gold. Now, That's my better. my biggest Earlier. thing on this is that this landmark, even with the king changes, which I thought was cool, it's cool, but not effective when you look at the council hall. So I, I've never built the Abbey Kings. It's just, the opportunity cost was too high to get the king out there. Now, for yeah, 100, 100 less resources, 100 resources, less, resources. Yeah. I'm starting yeah. to go, you know, and I think this is going to be good for English because I think people are very tired of the English death ball longbows. This will be a different way to play. Doesn't mean it's going to be still effective. English is still going to be a good sieve. I think this is going to be way more interesting. That that makes that so much more viable. I and, still and, he heals, yeah. and he heals himself. I, and he heals himself now with his own aura. That is another huge thing. Huge. I still wish that the Abbey Kings would let you build horsemen out of it. Um, that be too OP. With these changes, maybe. With these changes, yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, yeah. I, that, the English don't need another non-production building to produce. <laughs> Screw you guys. Fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. I thought it was a good. I thought it was an elegant solution to make this a unique way. That way, English had two different ways to play. These these changes, though, I think are also I think workable. I mean, the king being able to heal himself with the aura and having that cost reduction means you could now, I guess, play an Abbey of Kings game. And I I, I think there's an actual build order where this works now. Genuinely. Um, but with the healing of himself, it's essentially having a mini knight as the English to to do mini French raids, like because you'll run on hit yeah. him, run away, heal. No, I will him, say away, the king is not very powerful in feudal age at all. Um, yeah, I was watching a right game. Now. I was I'm watching a game shows. yesterday, I think, or the day before, uh, or maybe a couple days. I, I was watching a game. I think it might have been yesterday. Um, and it's he's not a very effective unit on the battlefield. Doesn't do a lot of damage. Um, in Castle Age, though, when you get him with some horsemen and knights, he, this will be a very, very different comp than you're used to seeing from English, and it will be very effective, I think. Um, if I may, if I may interject, go for it, really go for quick. it. So, like, I think the uh, the I think the Abbey of Kings is a uh, maybe if you want to go for a fast castle build, maybe more about because I have actually like when the when the uh, patch first launched, I built this. I, I played a team game and I built. 
I went pretty much like heavy economy and I just went for a, uh, I made two stables with the Abbey Kings and I rushed out nights with the King. And when I say it was pretty strong, I just went full cavalry with English Knights with the King added on there. If you keep your King alive, he heals them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it honestly does. Like I said, once again, it's now making, is making the game have more of a variation of play styles. Because I believe, I mean, if people actually aren't scared to, like, I think people are just scared of the Abbey of Kings. They just, they, they just, they're so used to just going to Council Hall, and they're just so stuck on that, that, like, doing something different, like, oh, Abbey of Kings, it's like, wait, but how, how can that work? That doesn't make any sense. Like, but in, in theory, if, you were, if you're very good at microing, like, you can just honestly harass with your king, bring him back home. Like, you can still... It's it's so cheap now. Can I, can I interrupt you, Sir Nevels, to oh, kind of piggyback on yes, you? Um, yes, I was yes, watching sir. a game where someone went with this build and did, excuse me, um, did something very similar to what you were talking about. And they went for an early farm transition, like off the bat, went early farms with this mm-hmm. landmark um, and then had the king, had him go try to kind of raid a little bit. The enemy tried raiding him back. I think the enemy was Roos and tried coming in with some gremlins, try to try to go in with some horsemen, actually, and try to raid. Mm-hmm. And the Abbey of Kings also still does that healing area of effect it has. And so this guy was moving his, his villagers back through before they could get killed into the aura of the Abbey of Kings to heal them, mm-hmm. brought his king back and to defend a little bit. And with the town mm-hmm. center fire and with this uh, villagers being able to use their short bows to, to shoot as well, was actually able to get to a castle. And like, it was really kind of unique. I, I, Caleb, were yeah. you there watching this game? You might have been, or it was maybe it was Asklad. But uh, I don't remember. I, I don't remember who it was. But I was watching it just on Twitch and I was like, it was really interesting. He ended up winning the game, I think. I think it was Chewbacca. I think I was, shout out to Chewbacca. Chewbacca. I think shout I was watching Chewbacca. him. I think that's who it was uh, who did this. And I was kind of like, oh, this is a really unique English build. I've just never I mean, seen what, it before. What, and it worked. It worked. 2TC, 2TC, Abbey of Kings. Like, uh, he he went Fast Castle. He went Fast Castle. And then oh, used the, uh, he went, so he went yeah. for Fast Castle. And then he went, so he went immediate farm transition, Fast Castle. And then went, when he went Castle, he went for Palace of Kings or the King's Palace. So then he had yeah, two TCs that way. And it was yeah. a really good build against the Roost, too, on, I think, Highview. And it worked. I think he won the game. It was a bit, it was a little tenuous for a moment there, uh, but he brought his king back to defend. Like, he, like, had to rush all his villagers to build it, too, uh, to get up at the age, because yeah. they were, he was pushing in really hard. But he, he used the Abbey of Me- uh, Kings. I'm, I'm never going to not say Abbey of Memes. He used the Abbey <laughs> yeah, of it's Memes. Hard. It's, hard to draw. it's hard to draw. And he had his king there to help kind of defend. And with the king's aura, he only lost two villagers, even though this guy was like trying to rush everything to stop him from going up. And it was like, huh, all that yeah. for only two bills. And he's up in age now. And I was like, this is a viable. This might be just a viable build. And I'm I'm actually mm-hmm. really excited for it because I think English needs to get away from Council Hall or needs just something different oh. to kind of kind of like like Roos going to Kremlin after being on the high. Uh, uh, what is it? The Golden Gate for so long. Like, it's just kind of refreshing yeah. to have a new way to play that's still effective. I think it revitalizes a sieve and brings more interest back to it, makes it feel more unique because English has been so basic for so long. Giving it a more unique basic. way to play is just us HRE players have been saying this for four seasons. <laughs> HRE did get kind of hosed this last time. HRE is now the poster child of boring, simple, basic. That them and French are the two most basic sieves now, I think, by far. We still only go Aachen because mine works good in very specific scenarios. <laughs> yep. We still only build men at arms and hope they don't build crossbows. 
<laughs> we still yeah, go I mean, for the relics, even though we. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. You guys, are, you guys are probably. But being, it still uh, works. To be fair, HRE still, still works. Is good. Yeah. If it don't fix it. Don't fix it. It's not about if it works. The Delhi getting sacred sites worked. That doesn't mean that. They <laughs> Nah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, saying like, you know, we just got to wait for a pro player to make a build from it. Then you see everybody start doing it. Let's just wait for somebody who's really good to do something, make it look viable. And then guess what? We've seen Abby Kings every single game. That's how that's how the criminal work. You know, one person, one player came out and was like, hey, look at this. And people were like, yeah, you I've been doing this for ages now. Like, yeah, I've been I've been like, you know, just we'll see. I think Abby Kings become more viable. This season. I think I think it will. I think this is I think this might be the breakaway season where it finally I think the, the king cost reduction by 100 uh, yeah. resources is massive. Like that's it was so needed because it's just not a good enough unit at 300 resources. But for 200 resources, it's a pretty decent unit. Um, Almost that. I'm excited for that. I'll, I'll have to try out a build or two for that. Um, moving Nerfing. on to f- what was that? Nerfing. I was going to say Nerfing Vanguard Man of Arms. Uh-huh. Like it. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, from yeah, three yeah, armor good. to two, yeah. uh, so Vanguard at arms. That van the, that means the English dark, the English drush is no longer as no. effective. Um, yeah, it's you're in fight now. Specific, unless you're in specific situations. I don't love the change as an English guy, but I also am okay with it because English as a dark age rushing sieve just feels kind of bad. Like I've had, I've done a successful dark age rush in certain situations, but it's it's annoying. I've only ever done it on hideout. Um, against like Abbasid just because I just needed something to get me ahead on hideout. Um, mm. But I'm okay with this change. I think it's still viable as a defense option now, but it's no longer a very aggressive rush. I don't, I don't love Dark Age rushing. I, I think it has a place. I think but... it's a good choice because I don't think that you should have three armor in Dark Age. Yeah. Fair. yeah. <laughs> very fair. Yeah. It's like absurdly strong. I do like that the villager um, hunting bow range has increased from 2.8 to 5. That's fun. Uh, that deer was will top, never see what what's that? coming. The deer, those deer, screw those deer. They don't know what's coming. Whoa, they okay. increased the, the hunting bow range by basically two tiles, two and change. Uh, I, I, is this for, this is only for the English, so they just shoot deer a little farther away than other people? That's been, oh, considering, that. Considering, um, that, considering that that one of the most unique traits of English is that the villagers are all really good at shooting arrows. I think that's a that's a fun little change. I don't think it yeah, changes anything too drastically because usually, no, you, it, usually it you kind of push your deer in anyways, you know. But yeah, it just means they don't chase it as armor long. clad getting nerfed. Love to see it. Yeah, I I'm really sad about that, and, but it is a very strong technology, and I can't disagree that it is worth 150 food and 350 gold. That, that's a yeah yeah. It's an expensive tech now, but it's 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 such a big boost in power. I, I honestly, this makes HRE a little more unique. Because HRE men at arms and English men at arms have been duking it out for who's the best for a while now, and <laughs> English had a, English had a really good uh, argument as to why they had the best chatted arms. Now it's like they still got the chatted arms. It just takes a little while to get online, which makes HRE into English a little bit better. It's all right. Now uh, Abs is there to just put them on a rest. Gulam's the best. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Gulams won't be that good into HRE. That, that never, HRE is going to be the premium. Not HRE. That's, Here's the thing. Uh, that's an it, puts it, it puts it on par with the steel barding that the HRE get from mine work, barring you build the mine work, because it's 200 food, 500 gold for two armor on knights. Now, two yeah. armor on knights is different than armor on men at arms and stuff like that. And so obviously the cost isn't you know, directly the same, uh-huh. but it's, uh, it's a more on par than having a similar upgrade for a third, the cost. Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
I like it. I like it. And the Wigdard Footmen now have the proper torch damage for an Imperial Age unit. Honestly, I don't give a crap about this. Bug fix. Uh, whatever, yeah, yeah, bug fix. Great. Wingard Footmen are all, if you're making Wingard Footmen, I. You, you've made some mistakes. You're probably already winning the game. You're probably already winning the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is just not a clutch unit. You're making them just because you want to make them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Wingard. Wingard. Wingard footman in the new Siege Tower. Just make you trebs, you dude. Just the make the dang trebs. There's nothing better. These, <laughs> yeah. For what you're getting, there's no, re- there's no reason. Um, yeah. French has a lot of changes to random crap I don't care about. Like the Hulk has been renamed to a Warcog. It now keeps the one place armor. It changes the cost. I don't care about that too terribly much. Some water changes. Yeah. yeah. Water changes. They have technology. budget enclosures. Yeah. Which, which that, that's pretty good. That's probably one of the pretty notable with the French, the merchant guild. Merchant guild. Yeah. Active traders now generate one gold every yeah. six seconds with it. Yeah. That's actually really good. That's kind of, that's, that's really good for Eng- for French yeah. late game. They, they, and French kind of needed something for late, late game, to be honest. They're, they kind of fell off in the Imperial age. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. doesn't, this doesn't make that. Yes, they fell off in the Imperial Age, but this doesn't really fix that. No, because the no. triggers have to be active too. It's not like yeah. they can sit there. But I like that. I like um, that. It's, it's it's a nice little like buff up to keep the numbers yeah. going for French. It's like I don't think yeah. French. I just don't think don't it's gonna like, magically. No, and I don't. It. I don't want French doing this. I think French having a <laughs> French having a peak in Castle Age feels good for French. I think overall. Um, yeah, there's kind of a window where French are really good from feudal to castle. Um, depending on what you do and like early castle age is where French just kind of are excel. I think, especially if you get the Royal bloodlines, you can do some of those things. Um, see, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm more. I look at this merchants guild. Not to cut you off. I apologize. No, go for it. Go for it. It actually looks pretty good. Cause if you look at it, it says active trade generate one gold every six seconds. I mean, you don't even need a long trade route. You could just honestly. Oh just, yeah. Yeah. You can just keep them safe in your base and they'll just get gold for you. One gold every six seconds, just kind of like it literally is French enclosures. Like you can just get the little gold you're getting from the small trader getting, plus all the traders are generating one gold every six seconds. It can be pretty decent. Like you this, can have this makes safe. this makes French able to do trade even if they don't have a very great trade option. Exactly. And Dude, it like Neville's finding a way to break it right away. I think that's the intent on this one, though. I mean, that's a great that's because I mean French, so much of the French the reason why like, French is kind of in the dumps right now is because they're one dimensional. They're meant to be a trading sieve and a sh- chivalry sieve. And the trade mm-hmm. doesn't usually work. Their trade landmark doesn't do much for them. Trade's kind of in a weird spot. They just got to go in all on feudal with the knights. It's kind of where they're at. Uh, this makes like later game trade. I mean, it just that's that makes it really interesting. Or if you don't okay, use trade yet, you can start doing that as a French player. You can incorporate that into your identity again. I like it. I like French. it. French is about to be a castle sieve now because with the Royal Institute, like weren't they? I thought they were feudal. I thought they were feudal. They're they're feudal and they're castle. Like, feudal. Like, imperial yeah. knights in castle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think like French is going to be like, I think it makes them more valuable in Castle Age also now too, because the one trade up you have with Royal Institute and uh, the Guild Hall is like, you know, you pay, you're pretty much trading economy, like, you know, for, for, you know, a military tech, you know, basically Imperial military techs. But with this, once you go Royal Institute, you say you make a little safe trade in your base and you pretty much have, you know, get with enough wood, you kind of have like infinite gold. If you keep your enemy in castle, a lot of most games end in castle. You know, a lot not not a lot of games go to imperial age. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the rare late game. So with this being said, I mean that's a lot of gold in castle age, and you don't even need to like, and you can still get the upgrades 
from your Roman. You think you can much be playing pseudo imperial in castle and keep your enemy in castle. I mean, that's that's what that's what French know. wants to do too. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm. This is actually a, I, I don't know. I'm looking. Well, the at merchant guilds is only available in imperial age. Oh, that changes everything I was talking about. Okay, never mind. I didn't mention right that part. <laughs> That's why I was saying this is like a little buff yeah. to their late game. This okay, is like a buff to their okay. late game. Okay, yeah, that changes a lot. Okay, yeah, still. Okay, so yeah, now they are more important in late game. Wow, that changes because I'm saying well, here, here's, here's something to make you feel better, though. Arbitrier has gained plus one range damage while their Pavis is pl- deployed. So that's the little, cool. the little activated little shields. Um, so now they get plus one range. I like that a lot because I don't think this is a very used uh, ability. And they fix a bug where moving after activating it, ignored ability cooldown. And they can now also deploy the Pavis. I think I'm saying that right. Or maybe it's Pavi. Pavis. Pavi. Yeah. Pavi. Can sure. now be activated while on stone walls. Dude, the stone wall meta. No. Now that they're not going to chase stuff, you can just go out there, activate Dude. that. I mean, imagine how much armor you what? have with those guys up there. I- <laughs> Tim is rolling over in his grave and he's not even in his grave. <laughs> he will be after he comes across the French on a wall. people building stone walls is is heresy. That it really is. is. It really is. Imagine like an aggressive stone wall, though, and you just like, and be like, like, do like a no. little, like, no. small little, no. Th- that, no. That, well, I'm going to wall them in and station our military on there. I want, the to see, like, like, I want to see like a stone wall around a sacred site. Where you put a bunch of arbitrary tree on the Listen. walls and you just hold a little proxy for it. I want to see. And then oh, they build wow, a yeah. treb and blow it down. Like no, no. it's not then gonna they bring up a siege tower and get their guys on the walls. <laughs> 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 I wish make hey. siege towers viable, please. I want to see it. Oh man, so biggest wasted opportunity. range is single handedly going to bring back siege towers. Confirmed <laughs> here on the podcast, dude. I want to see it so bad. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. Hot takes all day, guys. Every other Tuesday. French are pretty good. I'm not going to Military Academy that. now increases the production speed of the College of Artillery units. What? Okay. Dude, that one is kind of interesting. That sounds like, uh, I mean, so do you have is to build a, the Military Academy to then build? Then you have to, does that mean you have those like synergize? You build the Military Academy, then if you build a College of Artillery, then you could produce out of that even faster if you'd gone Military Academy before. Oh, it's the upgrade. Yeah, oh, I think, upgrade. Okay. okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. I was really confused. It, it's it's the little trumpet upgrade in the blacksmith. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That makes way more sense. Okay. Oh, that's oh, the yeah. college of artillery units. Interesting. So when you build that, if you have that, you get the twenty five percent production. I like it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, nice little. And they corrected yeah, the keeps like help text value of French influence bonus from twenty five percent to twenty. About time. That's been the case for like ages. We finally fixed a singular number. Good job. Good job. Okay. Golf clap. I mean, I mean, to be fair, these guys have been very busy and we appreciate all the work they've done to it, but we're going to rib them on that. Okay. We're, gonna, we're still going to rib them on that. Skipping HRE. Into, okay, okay, come on. Probably. We've got to talk about the devoutness and benediction just a little bit. We, we, we already did a little bit, but benediction has been oh, removed so I from the missed game. it completely. That's such a small little thing. Uh, at least it's, at least it's not a nerf. Could have been a nerf. You know, it's, yeah. it's, is it a buff though? Like it is. It is. The devoutness now provides plus ten percent resource gathering and plus twenty five percent construction speed instead of just fifteen percent construction speed. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's a nice cool. little. You're gonna build when you're on your gold and you're like mining, or you're on your wood line. You got to build a house real quick. You're gonna build it that much faster. That's if you have your pellet out there inspiring them. That's that's all it means. It's a nice little change because I think uh, devoutness was kind of a go to click age up for me, just because that increases your resource gathering. 
And now yeah, benediction was never not- benediction never was. And now it's just, hey, your devoutness just got that much better. And now that you get it for free. And so now you're going to use it. <laughs> well, now you're going to use it without even realizing it, right? I mean, imagine even for like farms, even for like going a farm transition on a Aachen, you're going to put up those farms that much faster too. I mean, it, it, it's going to be subtle, but it will be there. And if you ever... Yeah, and- if you ever do need to get a quick keep drop, you can move a prelate up and drop a keep a bit quicker. So it's not like it's, yeah. not, it's not like you're never going to use it. Like it's not like you're just never going to do it. It's like it becomes a you have a choice. You've got a little bit of a buff. It's something that it's like a like an ace in the sleeve, right? You can kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean the farm farms go from six seconds to four point five seconds. So you save one point five seconds making a farm under an Ogden Chapel. Yeah, and you make uh, a lot of farms under that. I mean, I mean, it saves you. It, it, you know, you get. It, it's kind of like the camel thing. Your uptime is a little quicker. You're, you're up and running just a hair faster. Which can but make a difference. On the camel but, rider, it's a little more effective. But yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's fine. Again, I imagine bringing it's, a prelate. It's fine. Imagine bringing but, a prelate to know, drop a keep twenty five percent faster. It's not quite the Chinese keep drop, but if you bring enough, that twenty five percent, it's. It's something it can, it can and it's stack free. up. It's it can free. cut 10 seconds off. Yeah. And it's free. And it's free. So which is the important part. It's free. It's, it's a, not Dark Age Land Schnecked, but it's fine. <laughs> ah, that'd be an interesting choice, huh? Dark Age Land Schneck. I'd be down. I'd be, you couldn't really raid under town centers and stuff with it, but no, if you, you really got on gold. Mm. Anywho. I would not hate that. Maybe next <laughs> season. Keep keep dreaming, Caleb. Keep 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 dreaming. Uh Malians. Um the Fort of the Hunters. That's the, the only change. Besides the bug, yeah, yeah, H three didn't continue. get changed much, but they're in an okay spot still. I know it's not exciting. Yeah, I know it's, it's fine. I'll cry. They'll they'll get something cool to soon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, Fort, Fort of the Hunter's landmark now probably has five fire armor and lingering stealth aura increased from ten seconds to thirty seconds. Why are they buffing crap for this freaking sieve? Vrimba Garrison landmark <laughs> train speed has been decreased by ten percent. Praise be. Archer, Donzo, and Moose Body Warrior train time is increased from 22 seconds to 24 seconds. Can we talk seconds. about how all of this is in bold? Yeah, all this is in bold. This is all, <laughs> yeah, this all is like, they, 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 the pup came out and they're like, oh yeah, we really do need to nerf Mollians, don't we? Um, <laughs> glad they did. Thank you. Thank you guys for nerfing this, this sieve. I mean, you know it's bad when every single pro is basically like, yeah, I don't play Mollians anymore because they're just, they're just too cracked. It's not fair. So I do have a question. Is the is the decreased the the ten percent training decrease? Are these the new numbers reflective of that, or are they increasing the build times and decreasing the bonus? Um, there is a semicolon there at the end of the ten percent. So I think that is indicating the time differences. That ten okay. percent. So it's causes. going from twenty two to twenty four, thirty three uh, to thirty seven because of that ten percent increase. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Because oh, twenty two okay. to twenty four is a ten percent. Because that'd be two seconds for twenty two. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was just like, that's if they're double nerfing, that feels terrible. No, it's just it's just 10%. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm okay with that. Everything coming out a little slower. Good. Um, yes. Great Barra landmark. Yes. Mr. Neville, shout out go. Great Barra. Shout, shout out the Great Barra. Um, Let's go. I don't know if this makes it viable or not, but <laughs> festival durations More increased. Uh, so, so, so for everyone to recap, uh, you can do little festivals with the Great Barra, which increase different things for money. It's it's kind of like EA decided to make a landmark. It's pretty bad. Uh, EA decided <laughs> to make a landmark. You got to pay to play. Um, the, <laughs> so the festival duration increased from 30 to 60 and the cooldown decreased from 60 to 30. Does the cooldown start after it's finished? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So I was like, otherwise you're stacking. Oh yeah. Basically, it was like your festivals were like you're basically your festivals were 30 seconds that you had to wait a minute. Now it's like every minute and then 30 seconds. It basically means you're man, what is that? Over doubling the time of yeah. it, it's, it's like almost tripling the amount of time that this landmark is actually gonna be useful now. Uh-huh. So maybe, just maybe, if you're I, can, I mean, I can see it. into Imperial Age, you might I mean, lose it, this it, and it. use it. Yeah, if you get the Malians into Imperial, you could use the food buff and, and have a lot of uptime on a food buff. Yeah. Again, yeah. I don't know that anyone's ever going to get to Imperial Age with Malians because usually they'll just win in Castle. Maybe. <laughs> uh, who knows? It's, it's like... It, it, team it, game Malians. Team game yeah. Malians, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And Saharan Trade Network landmark game, game cannot game. be built within eight towers, uh, tiles of the enemy landmark. We, we talked know. about that. Yeah. Warrior Scouts. Uh, these are already, as of the pup, have already been a change. Um... I don't know if it's enough. We kind of already said it probably wasn't. Regen, scout regen from two down to 1.5 in feudal and castle age uh, and two to 2.5 in imperial. Their movement speed has been reduced from 1.88 to 1.75. Not, it's like, okay, but I think they're still super powerful. Um, That's veteran, good, I believe. I well, believe. We'll see. I think it might need a little bit more, but we'll, we'll I see. Think the I veteran upgrade is the big one. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, gains 100 yeah. plus bonus yeah. damage versus range units in Castle Age. So, the, so do they no longer have bonus damage until Castle? Then I have no idea. Now, I'm gonna. I, I think they now can be. I think Horsemen cannot catch up with them. Yes, they can. Which is good because that's the probably the big problem with the the scouts before. Yes, they Horsemen can now catch, catch up. Them. That is true. They can now yeah, catch up. I think I think that's pretty. I think that's a decent that's enough change. Good. That we'll see how it pans out. I think they might need some more tweaks. We'll, we will see. Uh, it'd be, I'm really. I'll be watching the top level players in the next week or two oh, yeah. to see how that kind of pans out. I didn't really catch much of the pup to see. Now that I think. Malians are like allowed again because they've been nerfed. People will try them out a bit to see how they feel. Oh, yeah, they're allowed. You don't get harassed for them anymore. They're, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, for now, for now, until they show that they're yeah. broken still. But for oh, now, yeah. I think <laughs> they'll, they'll probably give them some tries and see. Um, <laughs> cattle, villager cattle gather rate reduced from 0.9 to 0.81 food per second. Food gathering rate technologies now apply to the passive income of cattle garrisoned in ranches. Why are we buffing? Okay. Why are we buffing the Malians, though? I just don't get it. Anyways. Well, they fixed a bug to ensure cattle production has to display to inform the player there is a limit to how many cattle the user can have. And the developer note, I'll let you go just one second here. Uh, the cattle changes are intended to push players towards garrison cattle in the ranches in the mid to late game. Yeah, were people doing that before? They were, really. but people were sometimes just eating the cows. The problem with Mollians is they already have so much passive income. Yeah, that's no. Like, thing. I just don't know that that's a good time. thing. I, I don't know. I feel like Let's it's a just huge problem. Delete Malian villagers and only have yeah, cattle yeah, and pit mines. You don't need yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. The pit mines are really slow. They don't give you much gold. You, like, like, what do you just punish, give them lumber right? mills that auto harvest trees? It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess we got to see. We see, I guess it's something you got to see. Because on yeah. paper, you know, on paper, they do look still pretty decent. They've done Which some water changes, but I don't care about that really. Um, they've increased the, the cost of imported armor, which I agree with. Okay. Updated civilization bonuses text to include research time of veteran units is reduced by half. Um, yeah, that's about it's just, uh, some of the UI fix things is all. Uh, yeah, Mongols. Mongols is oh, this is, a, this is a spicy one right here. This is a spicy unit we want to talk about. Uh, Lancer has been renamed to the Keshik. 
Uh, available AKA the Vampire Night. Vampire yeah, oh yeah. Night. Yeah. He's a very controversial uni of the season. We've talked about this a lot in the pub, so I don't want to go too in depth. Nothing. It looks like nothing's changed as of the new season. Uh, basically, the cost has been reduced from 140 to 100 gold and down to 200 food and 80 gold. Um, their attack has increased. 120 food. 120 food. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, their AP has decreased, but now they uh, heal three health each time they attack. The train time has gone from 35 seconds to 30 seconds. And yeah, they're pretty much the same as they were in the pup. I haven't seen much about them lately in the pup. I didn't really see a ton. I've actually played with these units. Uh, not, a, not an actual ladder game because I was a little scared. But they are... A lot of people think it's like a, it's like a big split. This, this, uh, this probably is the most controversial unit of the whole uh, update. I agree. Because you, got, you have that kind of a tug of war between two arguments of them being super overpowered and other players saying they're useless. Yeah. Which, uh, like, uh, pretty much, like, I mean, I, I personally like this for the game. I mean, like I said, I could be in the minority, but they just, they're giving the Mongols of kind of their own identity with like you know instead of just having them another lancer now they're the kishik and they're no longer like i think people are kind of confusing them because they look like if you spawn them in fetal age they look just like regular lancers like that you got in castle age with the mongols which sometimes i think may confuse players to believe that they're just knights they're not knights they're they they trade horrible against knights you play if you play these against you play against French and thinking that you have like your own little variation of knights on the field, you're going to lose every engagement. Like the, these are primarily, I believe, especially for feudal age, it, it's, a, it's a raiding unit. Raiding unit, yeah. You know, yeah, it's really meant to like raid your enemy's economy. And uh, deal I don't with the town center file as, as yeah, you take down exactly, dangers. Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah. Like, so like, and it's it's something that true, like you can, and they still take a decent amount of damage and they don't trade, they still, they still trade horrible with spears. So like you, it's it's a unit that if you, it played well, if played with a very skilled player, maybe even like a even like a somebody who really goes to French. If you can trade well with these and keep them alive, they're very good. But if you don't, like you can lose them just as easy. And a lot of people are mad because you can gain health from torching down walls and you know all type of things. But like I said, also too, they are not. They're not Lancers anymore. Mongols almost kind of, I, I could be wrong saying that, I thought like they lost their actual knight unit. Like, they got, you can upgrade the Keshek, but as far yes, as... It, it like, replaces the Lancer itself, yes. Yeah, like, pretty much there is, they, so, like, the Mongols have pretty much kind of lost knights. They didn't lose them, but they're not the same units they were before. Okay, so so to give, so in... Uh, there, there's always the shock value and the cool factor that play into the initial reading and blah, 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 blah. But in competitive games, the numbers are what matter. Effectively, a Castle Age Keshik is seven attacks, uh, or not, not seven attacks, seven seconds of attacking uh, to have the same effective health. So uh, at three, at 175, that's like five attacks. And at 1.38 attacks per second, that's about seven seconds to get the five attacks out to get the equivalent health of the old knight. Yeah. Um, that's a long time. A seven second fight for one for, per night, obviously. And, you know, it can yeah. build up. But it, it effectively, they have a little bit less health in, on average because you're not going to get seven attacks in generally. Um, but they're cheaper. 
and they deal a little less damage and they t- and they build a little faster. And and like you said, you they even get, you know, per attack. Um, and they might eventually fix it, but you get it for torching things down. And it plays into the Mongol identity of of the Mongol horde. Lots yeah. and lots and lots of these crazy, yeah. almost as strong as knights, but not quite. But mm-hmm. they're cheaper and they build faster. And so with your double production, you get two of them faster than you would get one of them before and blah, 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 blah. And so you can build a ton of these guys, have a similar effective health, be doing a little bit less damage, but you can get more of these guys to kind of play into that identity. Um, And then in the Imperial Age, I didn't do the math on that, but you get way more effective in the Imperial Age. Uh, Yeah. For these Keshiks, I would argue that they're probably maybe a little bit better than Imperial Age Lancers. Um, but yeah, it, oh. it just plays into that identity and uh, effectively they're cheaper for a little less damage for roughly the same health. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's kind of yeah. where it comes out. So, yeah, which is like, you know, so like they just serve more of a purpose now. Like, I mean, like I said, it goes back to the argument of just these civilizations have more of an identity. I mean, mm-hmm. And it changed the play style up. A, a big, you know, if Mongols weren't tire rushing you, a big, they were pretty useless and feudal. Like they weren't useless, but they were not that strong. That wasn't yeah. their power. They're, they were they dark was, age yeah. rushing, so they, they can easily yeah. jump over feudal and get straight into castle age. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's so many build orders where like you 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 harass in dark age, pretty much maybe like you fast forward past feudal age, and you just get yep. castle age and just mass out lancers. Where yeah. now that's no longer a viable strategy. Well, no, you can, you can, but you'll just you'll just mass more of them, exactly, and they'll be a little yeah. less effective. Yeah, like it's just it's not the same lantern play as before. Yes. Yeah, where exactly. like you're just you're like now it's just a different strategy you know, because like like I said, effectively Mongols no longer have regular they they don't have lancers anymore. It's not a thing mm-hmm. now. They're placed with Keshik, and they are they play differently. They're not like you you can't if you see a bunch of uh, knights in the field, you can't go okay. I'm gonna send my lancers. I have a little bit more than him. So let me like no, you send Keshik out a mass set of knights, and you're gonna lose all those Keshiks. I really die. like what this does because it used to be you know you mash the same two type of units into each other, and it's just mm-hmm. whoever has more wins. Now I feel like the, the nice thing about all these changes is that fundamentally the rock paper scissors is still the same. Like a spears are mm-hmm. still gonna yeah. take care of Keshiks just like they would a lancer. Oh, yeah, uh, but now like if you put on knights versus Keshiks or. Uh, this type of meta arm versus this type of meta arm, you're going to get some mixed results a little bit more. And I, yeah, I, I yeah. like that that does because it makes, I think that's a great way to kind of keep things fresh because the, the main counters are still there. Like all the meta arm units in this yeah. game are still going to get countered by crossbows. But yeah. when you mash your own meta arms into their meta arms, like what it, different things happen now. I, I agree. And I like that. I do like that. Yeah, I like it a lot. It, it makes it so, uh, it adds to the asymmetry, which makes it which yeah. makes there to be less "quote unquote" mirrored matchups. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So you don't go, "I have twelve, they have eleven, I win this fight if all upgrades are equivalent." You know what I mean? You don't just count straight. Now you have to get to know your sieve, and so it adds a deeper asymmetry to each sieve when you are matching yeah. with the "quote unquote" mirrored units. Uh-huh. And I like yeah. this and direction. I think, I think it'll make the actual mirror matches more interesting again too. Most definitely. Because now it's like, okay, now I'm on the same footing with this old rules apply again. I, I think it's, it's just this game I, is in a good spot. Yes. Obviously, mirror matches are never the most fun thing in the world, but I think it'll make the differences between those feel a lot more stark again, which will make yeah. for more variety of gameplay, right? 
I mean, overall, yeah. I, I, it kind of baffles me kind of looking at like something like StarCraft, right? Where there's basically three, I think it's just three, three sibs, right? Three factions. Yep, three. Yep, three That's factions. it. There's three. Like, yep. And they are hyper asymmetrical. They're, uh, yeah, they are was, extremely yeah, asymmetrical. Right. But, and that's and that's well, and that's kind of where like this is going as far as adding more asymmetry, which I, I personally enjoy. Um, uh, I enjoy again, I like that. I like that the same counters apply still for yes. the big. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, not, this is like the best of both worlds we're getting, right? We're getting mm-hmm. a lot more asymmetry, but you should still know that a spear counters a horse. Like, yeah, there's yeah. never a time that doesn't happen. I, I think that yeah. that makes. I think there's an argument that one could start making about Age of Empires 4 that uh, compared to like Age of Empires 2, this game is just improving beyond what I ever even could have expected. I mean, some of these changes that we're seeing now and this I think we've been mentioning this kind of hinting that we think this is happening behind the scenes. These changes are kind of in preparation for, I think, more sieves to come into the game that will be equally as asymmetric. We're seeing the blueprint is here now. I think we see the blueprint on how to do this right. You give you take a unit. It's basic things are still there, but you tweak it. And make it play different. It's taking like the best from Age Empires 2, from Starcraft, uh, from the own art the Age of Empires 4, even it's taking its best self from its own self. Uh, it's just the way this is working out, and the way that they're playing with these units. I mean, obviously there's gonna be a lot of debate whether the Kesha is a viable unit or not, and people will have their opinions, but I just I really am happy with where the majority of these moves have been made. I agree. And it and it makes landmarks that were probably falling in still good landmarks that weren't being used like that more viable. I mean, like, you know, with this being done. I mean, Deerstone's become more valuable yeah. now because, like, really, everyone's willing to trade to get that super high gold to go in a heavy, expensive premium units like Lancers. But now it's a little different now with, you know, now I can use Deerstone's to play a different, like, it's bringing Deerstone's because Deerstone's never, it was never bad. It's just, but, not you know, Silver Tree was, been, has been so good, which is, you know, now it's a nerf to, I think Silver Tree actually got a little bit of a nerf and nerf to trade in general, where now it's like, okay, I have to actually think dynamically on the spot here rather than just kind of follow the same blueprint everybody else has been succeeding with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so now, yes, and I, you know, like with this being done, that's, that's come, like I said, asymmetry. Like it's starting to come down. That's the main, that's the identity of this game. And I like that and it's asymmetric why, without feeling as asymmetric exactly. as Starcraft. Well, it's, yeah. like, well it's, it's, it's asymmetric without breaking the rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. yeah. Which is exactly. kind of what the Malians ended up doing. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of, which is why they're such a, a difficult sieve is because they added asymmetry that kind of broke some of the base rules. Mm-hmm. And what they have done is they changed some other units to add more uniqueness to them, which is really, really cool. But they didn't break the core rules. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I think that's why uh, Malians are like not as liked, that. whereas like these other changes are really good for the game. Because because I, I, I think good. that's it's taking, the, again, the best from all worlds. Right. I mean, Starcraft has so much asymmetry, but like is this I like that, like it's rooted in real world where like spears do good against knights like crossbows do against armor it it just it's it's nice because i think it makes it accessible for people who are learning the game to learn those basic counters but then there's also like a level as you get deeper into it kind of like you were saying caleb as you kind of really learn your sieve you can learn the specific little intricacies of how it plays up against other yeah it adds it adds Yep, it adds uniqueness, and it's a good feeling to have uniqueness, which is why I'm. Uh, if Sad I ever decide, that HRE is uh, not. Well, no, I'm thinking I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try Mongols and, and work on them. Okay. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I like yeah, the yeah, nice yeah. thing about this is that we are all. I think we've all said that we want to try. I know Beal has said he wants to try Delhi. I've now said I think I want to try Abbasid. Like we're all like getting drawn to these. These changes are making us want to play the sieves. Like 
That means that's me. It's like a huge let's, plus to the devs. Let's get one thing straight, though. It isn't necessarily that I want to play the Mongols because of these units. I've always liked the Mongols and the hyper uniqueness yes. of the way they play. Yeah. It's the lack of changes on my main sieve. Ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Driving way my to, push. Way to bring us down, Caleb. Because <laughs> <laughs> my main sieve just got a little bit, I don't know if it's got and maybe a bit better too. English got a bit better. HRE's in a good. I, I've enjoyed. They've gotten better since the start of this game, and they're just continuing to grow in power. Uh, they will be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on. We've, 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 we've this is going. It's going to be a long episode. I want to mention so much. The con now two shots deer, which yes. is fantastic. Oh, it didn't do that now, Oh man, that's it, it used to be like three or four shots. Now it says this it, allows the con two shot deer, which is important when yeah. fighting versus roost players to allow them to counterplay. You literally couldn't stop Roost Bounty as Mongols, and it literally just imagine you just couldn't stop a core mechanic, and it just felt terrible. Yeah, it just felt really bad. I'm okay with cons not having a really good damage against uh, villagers. I like that that's nerfed. Bringing back, well, yeah. reverting this back to being able to two shot deer and to be able to shoot wolves and bore the way like that. Thank you. Like that. This is exactly the kind of fine you can actually play works. against the Roost now. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good change. Uh, the Falcon ability is now you can see over trees. Thank goodness. Awesome. That makes that makes a That's lot of sense so considering dope. the falcon is above so the dope. trees. I like it. I like it. Lore accurate falcon. Lore accurate falcon. <laughs> uh, the piracy technology has been reducing cost. Uh, stone commerce. There's a couple of things. Packed buildings. The Gur step readout and pasture. The pack time has been reduced from five seconds to one second. The only one that makes me raise my eyebrow is the step readout, but the Gur and pasture packs for me, that makes sense. One second. It shouldn't take too long. It's not, it's not a town center. It should be able to pack up faster. I get it. The step I, readout. I, I like the step I, readout too. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, it's functionally a, 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 gur. a gur on steroids for, yeah. for gold. All right. And yeah. so it makes Fair. sense that it would follow. That's the same like, right. Right. reasonable, reasonable. I'm Size doesn't matter, soccer. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm gonna biting my tongue right now to not say something I shouldn't. Keep this uh, explicitly clean. <laughs> you, you don't understand how annoying it is when you're like you're set read off sitting forever in a pack and your village is like, oh, I'll just walk a mile to the TC because like it just while it's in the middle of pack unpacking. You know, right? That is fair. And then, like I say, once again, makes deer stones a little bit more valuable because, you know, with the, if you go deer stones, you're probably going to step read out. Uh-huh. And then, you know, just it just uh, it's all plays into a nice orderly game. Uh, they added a new Mangadai icon to help players differentiate Mangadai horse archers from other horse archers in the game. Does okay. that look different? Is that look I different? Guess, I guess. I, I mean, I like the same. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention that much. Uh, besides that, nothing else that's really too crazy. Moving on to Ottomans. Um, the Twin Minaret Madrasa Landmark adjusted the initial berry spawn time from spawning every 20 seconds to every 35 seconds. Respawn rate remains at 120 seconds. Developer note, this landmark is intended to sustain a specific number of villagers. With the old placement rate, players could put additional villagers on the landmark right after construction to provide an extra burst of food. So they're just basically trying to keep it to what they wanted. I think it's four villagers yeah. is what it can sustain. Um, yep. Sapahi, they did post, they did increase the health of Sapahi post uh pup this is post pup they've increased it from 135 165 190 uh through the ages to 155 185 220 uh, i probably said it too fast for anyone at home to really notice um it's a decent enough jump it's a reasonable it's a reasonable it's increase pretty good it's a it's a good buff looks like it's going to be with like, the other buffs that? they've gave it it's yeah. well their speed has been reduced from 188 to 175 so they are now the speed of a knight not a horseman 
They are now the speed of a warrior scout. Yeah, but say yes. the same thing. <laughs> they're the speed scout, of a warrior yeah. scout. This is true. So they're still going to struggle against warrior scouts. If you're there now, hey, you want to play warrior scouts? I mean, scouts are they going to struggle against warrior no, no, scouts? No, no, they're no, just no. not going to be able to fight them. Sapahi just feel like an and they, they've gone up in, in cost a little bit. Sapahi just feel like a mix between a knight and a horseman, really. And the developers yeah, said they I wanted to make this unit more oh, yeah. horsemen hybrid. than knight. Yeah. They are. They are still yeah. horsemen at its core. They're non-armored units, but they feel more like beefier, slower. They, they feel like they're leaning towards more like away from like there's they're still horsemen, like 100 percent But yeah. they're now are, they're now like emulating like the knight. They're like a knight styled horseman. Mm-hmm. And the developers yeah. say that they wanted to make this unit unique, a unique unit to stand out further from the standard horseman. Increased range makes it a more effective rating unit as it's able to focus. Fire. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I'm not I do like this and the increased health helps pretty that good too. now. Yeah, this looks pretty. The health increase, damage increase, range increase. This yeah. actually looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, think a little about more expensive, it. a little more expensive, yeah, and a little slower, but a little more expensive, a little slower. But I think they'll do a lot. Yeah, they're no longer as fast as horsemen, so they're a little slower. But yeah, that they're. Again, those little then, tiny changes that just are just enough to, to be interesting. And, I, and, and, and with the meta with it, and yeah. wait a minute, Sapahi might be spicy. Dude, Sapahi have always wait been up. spicy. Been yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if this yeah, is like you've yeah, seen yeah, Bill yeah, yeah, been yeah, cooking yeah. over there with some spices. Yeah, these, things are, these things are getting a little bit more char on them. Oh, I like this. Uh, the new Great Bombard emplacement replaces cannon emplacement on keeps, and they've the cost sure. is 250 to 500 and 500 stone. Uh, that they made I, it more expensive. They made it more expensive. Well, it was insane. It's yeah. insane. It's really fun. It's just one of those unique things I think is super fun to add, though. I, I really yeah. like the choice to do that. Um, I wonder if they're just going to get like a little aesthetic change to the keep, get a little giant cannon out the side. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. I, I, I want to I want to talk about how it's like the stone cost like <laughs> over half the cost of a keep for an emplacement it's like so expensive <laughs> but, but man, say, those things have area of effect damage i mean yeah, it's, yeah, exactly it's pretty brutal it's i think that's, that's, pretty, reasonable. Strong. that's pretty strong it's 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 expensive though because it's like mm, i'm really close to a second keep or i could go or i can make bar. this if i've got a really yeah. good choke point i could really hold it i like that though it makes you yeah. make a decision makes you yeah. make a good decision yep um, another, I want to mention that the meter health now scales per age. It used to be just a flat 180. Now it goes 160, 180, 200 as you like go feudal castle and imperial. I like that too. That seems like oh, a good, that's a more, good change. Make them more, more as Well, they're a little yeah. nerf. That's a little bit of a nerf in the feudal age though, because it's now uh-huh. 160. Which I think, oh, I think oh, is oh, reasonable. I yeah. okay. So they start I out, reasonable. I think it's real. They start out a little weaker, then they go up to what they were. And then in imperial age, they're a little stronger. That makes yeah. perfect that's sense that's for what the civ is. That makes sense actually. Yeah. Um, so a yeah, field work now changes as well. Janissary company spawns additional two janissaries from the capital town center. In addition to the janissaries at military schools, trade bags now also applies to gold generated by the Sultani trade network. There's some small tweaks, nothing too major to talk about. I think besides okay. the Sapahi and that small change to the meta and the bombard emplacements. Um, all right, I think this is last one. Roos. Oh yeah, we've been cooking, boys. I know we'll have a break here coming up, but. Patch notes. We just really hit them. And this is the most of our episodes, the patch notes. Um, the yeah. Roos, the developers note off the top of the bat, they say, we have made a pass on hunting cabins to make them less punishing, easier to understand, and better balanced. Hunting mm-hmm. cabins, build speed decreased from 40 seconds to 25 seconds. Hunting, that, that's post-pup. That's post-pup change. 
Hunting cabins with overlapping auras no longer suffer a penalty to gold income. Instead, trees are claimed by hunting cabins. This means that a tree in the aura of multiple hunting cabins will only generate gold for the first cabin placed. I like it. I like that. Mm. I, I, I don't understand why this wasn't like this before, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> gold generation is now fixed to 30 second intervals. Instead of reducing the interval with the bounty mechanic, tiers now provide a percentage increase to hunting cabin gold income. At each tier of being 10%, 25%, and 65%. 65% increase. Wow. Oh. It's really maximum... hard to get the last one now, though, because of all the yeah, other changes. But holy cow, that's worth it. If you can find a way to make it worth it, though, that is huge. I mean, 10, yeah. 25, then 65. Bruce with full <laughs> bounty. Bruce with full bounty is a scary thing. Okay, that might that reminds me to always shoot my deer, because wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's that'd pretty be good. huge. If you ever get that as a Bruce on like a team game. Wow. And it almost makes the other landmark a choice, especially in like games you think you're going to go on. Which, which one? Longer. The, uh, uh, Hunting the one that generates deer. That um, one has been on the up and up, actually. I've been seeing that one more often than not from pro players than the Abbey Whatever of the, the name of it is, nobody ever knows. The hunting, uh, the, the high hunting house or something like that. Yeah, it's not high trade house. It's actually, I think it's high, high trade house. Is it? No, I think it might be. It's, it's one. What is it? It's it's the it's the counterpart to the Abbey of the Trinity. Yeah, high trade house. It is the high trade house. High trade house. Okay, yeah, I'm right. Okay, uh, just the the word trade. I don't know. It doesn't feel like wrong. it fits there. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it doesn't. But yeah, but I assume it's gonna function like the hunting cabins. Um, but Dude, I don't know. That makes that so viable then, because then you can get that plus sixty five. That sixty five percent. That. That ooh, I think that is oh, now. If, hold on, it says at the bottom. High trade house does not contribute to the hunting cabin yeah. gold generation cap. It also doesn't claim trees or required unclaimed trees for gold. Okay, so you could put good. it on top of hunting cabins, and it'll generate its own set of gold as well. And, and the that's fact nuts. And, and the fact really that good. it's giving you deer towards the bounty, which is now 10, 25, and 65. 65%. Oh my gosh, that's going to be this any long-term game. I'm going to call it here. Yeah. If you're planning on going into a late castle game, or even just a longer game than just a feudal all-in, this is the go-to landmark. I, unless you are yeah. trying to, unless you are dead, like dead set and hell-bent on taking away the relics from like HRE, uh, this mm -hmm. is the go-to landmark because that 65% getting that max bounty that is, really is massive, massive. On top of it, not, 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 uh, including, not incorporating the cap and you, be, you can put it on top of the others. Yeah, yeah that is. And the food that, that you're getting from the deer, everything about this is just oh, yeah, insane. This is, an, is, yeah. this a, is this an S tier now landmark? I don't know. Uh, it's it's good. When we it's that, good in con it's good in conjunction with other things. I wouldn't yes. say it's good standalone. Uh, it's a tier though. It, it, I'd put an A tier. All looking at this right now though. I mean, yeah. Wow. I mean, now with the with the hunting cabins not like you know interfering with the gold cap or the gold you know income. Now you can start making hunting cabins in safer areas. No, my fault. Not hunting cabins. Excuse me. High trade houses in safer like, areas. Area more that, that's a constant a of source of food. Yeah, a lot of times you'll just very high trade off where the most plentiful wood line is. I think this is an S tier landmark. It's getting there because like it's now you can make it in a safe area where you can put it within the reach of your TC. Because a lot of times you put a, a high trade house somewhere way off in your TC because you want all that unclaimed wood. Uh -huh. But that doesn't matter anymore. I think this now might be like, an S tier landmark because hey, that getting, getting you the it, ability to to up your gold income from your hunting cabins by getting the yeah. bounty by producing the deer. Mm. I mean that last yeah, year no, of sixty five. I think it hot. might. 
I think there's a very, yeah. very strong argument why this could be an S tier uh, landmark. Because I mean, it already it does so it's doing just so much for your eco. And sometimes it can like depending on how well you place it, it can be equivalent to having three relics off rip. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Maybe four. This is, I think, the go-to in Castle Age now. Look at that once again. The, see, this, the game's coming more and more dynamic because it's, every it's, trinity, it's, this like makes trinity. me want to pick up Roos. Oh, Roos and Roos and Roos and Roos have been good for a while too. Yeah, it's making, it's making me want. To, I like the way that would build. I like having Ooh. the eco and the food source behind with the gremlin. Oh man, dude, I. They're so good. They're a learning curve, but once you get them, I used to love the roofs. And they once they they're nerfed back. it, that one they are season, back. Are you, they've been back for a while. They've been back Are you for a really going to betray Nettles like this, though, by not going <laughs> Abbott? Yeah, you got me a little excited. Oh, I was, I was oh, ready. Man. You know what I realized? You're a little slippery there, Socrates. I thought you were with us, but now I'm starting to see you're just all over the place. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was really welcome. Dude, I was going to welcome to the fold. so hype, though. I mean, 65 percent for the gold income at each tier that is that's excellent 65 percent on top of the hunting cabins like that's oh dude the high trade house is good. good you don't i mean you know they're mollians it you know but with trees it's yeah yeah they are <laughs> i think Roos is about wow. to be busted dude i think i okay oh, Roos, prediction. Roos prediction i think Roos are now the s tier sieve uh in the game i think hands down again I just, again i think they are again <laughs> yeah. no they are like i yeah i would not lie i can't i mean streltsy have increased their melee damage from 50 to 60 they did, I didn't know Streltsy had melee. I didn't know they like when they uh had, when, they when, out swords. when units engage the Streltsy in melee combat, they pull out weapons. Yeah, something else I'm seeing too, really quick. Um, the pole axes for the knights, just to give them more of an identity. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that because, like you know, like I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to change the name of them. Cause like I like cause you know, I forgot what they were called like you know in like you know the key of the roots but they they were had they had a a, a name like a subtitle name in front of just knights but the fact that from the visual they're using poleaxes instead of the sabers which sabers are pretty cool too like a lot the poleaxes will be a nice it'll be a nice little visual yeah it's be a nice visual change and I also I like that I I'm, I'm I like things I like things you can see a visual representation yes. of what is going on behind okay. it like the mechanics behind it i think that helps newer players get used to what's happening they can see and point to that and go that's what that is instead yeah. of just having like hidden figures no one likes having hidden figures behind the, the paper right we want i want to see the things and the effects i'm having yeah um kremlin landmark no longer gains a ticket upon completion the first ticket gain occurs after one minute that's Wait a, a post pup change Wait a minute, this is, I'm so sorry to cut you off. Like, it, uh, the thing right up, I don't know, we were in the same patch notes, but right above it, it has, uh, added new ability, well, uh, to call all the available militia to the landmark town center. That's actually huge. Like, instead of you having to click up every single mm. ticket away, if you're being raided or something, you, you have the ability to mass call. Up. Yeah, call all your militia and they spawn out all at once to defend rather than having to spam click the, uh, you know, call it to your spam click them out of your town center. Now you mm-hmm. have a call all, call all available militia 
and they just spawn out and start getting to work immediately. I don't know. My fault. I mean, cut you off. I don't know if that is. No, no, no. That, that, that's, that's pretty. That's a nice little change. However, I yeah, do think I the bigger thing, the bigger oh. thing, is that they no longer get a ticket upon completion, and that the first ticket game yeah. occurs after a minute. That that's, that's a nerf. pretty that's big nerf. nerf for the Kremlin, which yeah, has been an S tier, if not the best landmark in the game, according to some people. Um, mm-hmm. This makes me kind of go: Is a Kremlin like, still worth it? But uh, now that I don't know that it's as broken as it was anymore. It's starting to look a little more normal oh. with that change. Oh no, yeah. it's balanced. How horrible! I, I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I think the Kremlin, which was OP, like top of the S tier. I think now it's bottom of S tier, maybe even top of A tier. I, I I need to see. I, I won't definitively uh. say one way or another, but I think that that slows down the timing and the pacing of this landmark by a lot. S minus. S minus. It's still a pretty good landmark, but it mean it's just it's no longer as aggressive as yeah. fast. So mm-hmm. still really good at defensible, defending stuff early, but you're not going to use this landmark to aggress one minute, like or two seconds after you reach feudal. It's going to be a two minutes after getting to feudal age that you can push out anything mm-hmm. to an enemy base. Yeah, I agree. Um, the wooden fortress health has been reduced from 2000 to 1750. That's post pup change. Uh, I'm OK with that. A little bit of a nerf. A little bit yeah. of a nerf. It's I, fine. They got the castle watch update, too. I like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Cost reduced like, from 100 stone to 50 money. stone, and the research time is down down to 15 seconds. Yeah, so it's like a Believe pretty it. quick little upgrade that you'll just get on yeah. everything instead uh-huh. of. Like, and it gives you a lot of visibility too. So yeah, like honestly, it's, it's great. It's excellent for high view. Like that'd be really good for high view. Just spam these Lloyda Lloydia ships can no longer exceed Lloyd, population yeah. by converting lower pop cost ships into high pop cost ships. Oh, nice! So, so like, oh, that's cool. You from can nice. I like that. Nice yeah. That's cool too. Yeah keeps that pop right. cap a little more capped it's good um and that's about all their sieves and their specific things there are a couple of things that they want to talk about um there's a couple of things that they're working on like failing to update match details error in custom lobbies ranked rewards this is a big one they're saying they've heard the feedback regarding ranked reward systems currently the rewards are based upon our final standing at the end of the season which incentivize some players to stop complete competing after they have reached a certain rank in fear, they might lose their rewards. We talked about this extensively last episode. Oh, no, um, they're doing our, the, the highest achieved. Uh, <laughs> uh, our, teamwork is, our team is working the changes such that as a player's ranked rewards for a season are based on the highest rank achieved at any point. This means that the players can continue to push themselves towards greater heights without fear of losing out on season rewards. Great. I think Tim said it best. Frankly, this is a no brainer. Um, this should have been done ages ago. They hope that this land is changed. This is not live yet. They're hoping to have this change up before the end of season five. However, they're working to on go. They have ongoing work to complete the test to ensure, with full confidence, that the delivery of this feature will be there. So they plan to further update, uh, further update, confirm when this is uh, in in the game officially. And they also another big thing is queue dodging. They have done some extensive work and are working on getting this to be fixed. Um, they have heard lots of reports of this. They've been hearing about this. They say that there's been they've been monitoring it and they've noticed a variety of reasons why this has been happening. Um, one of the things they mentioned is uh, like uh, the fact that change these the, the ranked rewards being an issue. So we're making changes above to the rank reward systems to hopefully help with that. But next, they're also looking at that uh, the system does a good job of finding matches for people who are in the middle of the bell curve. So if you're on the high upper ELO or the low ELO, so if you're like in the bronzes or you're in the conquerors, it's really hard for them to get a good matchup. They're looking at future changes to the matchmaking system for just those players in the high and low extremes. They hope to prioritize matchmaking near leaderboard position rather than just ELO score for those, which should address many of the Q dodging reasons related to very uneven matchups. 
then the last thing they're looking at is they will also be looking at increasing the penalties related to queue dodging from the current settings. And they said that they prefer to lure action with incentives and remove barriers. Uh, they realize that some players are just still going to dodge, and so they'll probably disincentivize that action with some punitive things as well. Uh, and they mentioned this, some ranked teams changing, and that's about it. So Yeah, ranked teams, we're punishing them. We're going to cut down a little bit more. Um, know that you can get banned for multiplayer stuff. Uh, I, I mean, these are, overall, I think these are really, really good changes, and I foresee this type of thought happening in current and future type uh, game types uh, uh more specifically ones there's a paywall for so like sure you get it free on game pass age of empires but otherwise you have to pay for the game to get in and uh things like the cheating things like the queue dodging um are a pretty big issue in free-to-play games because you can just switch to an alt or play on an alt uh-huh. uh and this because of the paywall are, are very, very effective ways of handling this while also with the, like the ranked incentive in, incentizing, uh, I, I think is, uh, really, really smart changes. I, I, I like, I like their philosophy on this, that they don't like having to punish players for things. They want to incentivize, not, mm -hmm. not like be punitive and things, but they understand that sometimes you do have to have something there to kind of dissuade more bad actors i like i think they've got a, their, their their mindset in the right spot here yeah um, i think yeah i think because people would dodge for the rank issue i think that was a large portion particularly towards the end of the seasons when uh -huh. i'm sure they would see spikes and dodging yep we talked um, extensively about why our reasons why we have like ranked anxiety and stuff like that this should help a lot i think this should right. help a lot and then it uh yeah and it should just help put a lot of people into that rank queue helping the queue systems with you know with the the uh, matchmaking issues with the more people in there um and then it you know and then to have that punish for people who always dodge a specific matchup um there will be a risk to doing that you know what i mean whether yeah. you know i don't i don't like playing against english and the malians but you know i'm gonna have to think twice about if Flipping i'm gonna out. play age of empires in the yeah. next 20 minutes yep, yep. <laughs> if i do <laughs> Um, coming up on the patch notes, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but uh, on the horizon, summer isn't without its holidays and celebrations. Earn login rewards by signing into Age Empires 4 on July 1st for Canada Day, July 4th for the American Independence Day, and July 14th for Bastille Day. So some fun things. I'm actually kind of excited for the summer event. I, I think there's just some fun things. Lots of new rewards. Uh, they got an upcoming patch as part of continued support. They're planning a minor patch for late July. As with previous minor patches, you may expect a few bug fixes and other changes. Um, I'm happy with this patch. I think this will be a good season. I'm overall oh, yeah. happy with the changes. Uh, HRE got the least amount of love, but I think they'll get some love coming up down the pipe. You know, I'm that's sure. That's fine. I'll just play Mongols. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like it's not like HRE is not a viable sieve. It's a perfectly viable sieve. You can still it's it's old reliable. You know, it, it's old man river just, just <laughs> chugging on down. Old man old river. reliable. Old man <laughs> river. Okay. Well, so we, we've been going on for two hours and 44 minutes, according to my watch. Obviously, if some of that was our pre-discussion, uh, should we take a quick break, get some water, and maybe come back with our final short discussion in Extra Sheeps? Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. All right. Have you ever seen a knight in need? All alone on the battlefield with no one to call a friend? Well, morenights.com is here to help. 
We're not asking for your money. We're asking for your heart. Adopt a knight today and give them the home they deserve. These knights are warriors. They're brave. They're strong. And they need you. By adopting a knight from morenights.com, you'll be giving them a new lease on life. You'll be their companion, their confidant, and their battle buddy. So come on, give a knight a chance. Visit morenights.com and start the adoption process. Who knows, you might just find your new best friend. Adoptive parents of knights should keep their knights safe from harm, from harmful things such as town center fire, cannon emplacements, spears, and archer pilings. All adoptions are final. Please handle your knights with care. Visit www.morenights.com for details. Morenights.com, where knights become family. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. <clears throat> I didn't realize how thirsty I was. <laughs> I'm good for another two hours. Oh, I refreshed my gin and tonic, so <laughs> you're all set. I don't think we'll go too much longer here. But right, I do man. have one final discussion topic I wanted to touch on a little bit. Um, I don't think yeah, we'll Going through patching this always just like, takes a long time. Mm-hmm. I feel like the next discussion is another thing I do. But it's hard to like not be long winded on this next discussion. Yeah, I don't, think be, I don't think we'll be too long, yeah, but I think yeah, another yeah. 20 minutes max we should be there oh yeah bet 30 minutes easy 30 minutes easy and Corey, take it or leave it <laughs> and Sorry, we're back <clears throat> caleb's making lots of noises um or <laughs> take it or leave making spongebob quotes actually i got i got the reference <laughs> um, so uh, normally we leave our main discussion topic for the end of the episode and you'll break a lot earlier, but we've already been going for two and a half hours. So oh this is God. not our main discussion topic. Clearly, the main patch was our main discussion. This is just another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, basically, there has just been a crazy amount of fear and like fear mongering about the game dying online. And I just kind of want to address it. I know Beastie Cutie addressed it a little bit as well. I think he had a video that came out a little bit ago where he talked about kind of some of these things. Um, but I kind of wanted to address some things here. There have been like so many Reddit posts online about like the game's dying. No one's streaming it anymore. And BC's playing Diablo for a little bit. And like how that means the game must be there for dying. And it's like, guys, I even put it in the chat going, dudes, like there are so many other streamers who are playing this game. I'm thinking of Beal. I'm thinking of like, I didn't mention myself, but I mentioned Beal. I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned user Nevels, or I might have mentioned like Fitzbro or Blade. Like I mentioned, like there's, like there's a lot of guys who are streaming this game. Like Divine plays almost every day still. Um, there's a, you can find AOE content, and just because they're not the top of the top does not mean you can't watch and enjoy. Uh, also, uh, the fear though, like the amount of like sky is falling posts is just ridiculous. <laughs> like people need to calm down. Anyways, what are your guys' thoughts? I just I just wanted to kind of talk about that and kind of touch base about it. Um, if it comes, if I say one thing on it, it's just okay. Like, it's, I think it's multiple different, you know, different. I kind of feel like it's kind of that okay, maybe from more of a positive standpoint of whether this whole the sky is falling type of culture, you know, maybe they want to light a fire underneath the devs, but a little bit to kind of keep them like you know on their toes and keep them moving. Mm. And like, mm, okay, I can kind of see, but it gets it's getting 
the re- this this little we they no they actually got their own tire now. They call them AOE four Doomers. The and Doomers, like the Doomers out there, and, they, <laughs> and they're real. It's a it's a real thing. But I think really just comes from just like you know, obviously, you know, they're they're what, what the, I seen it mostly. Okay, like I think what really sparked this whole AOE four Doom conversation. I mean, obviously with the the luring darkness in the background of Stormgate. Stormgate's in the shadows. It sounds like a scandal with the gate at the end. Stormgate sounds like a Watergate scandal. Like the Stormgate scandal. It's watching the darkest corner with its scythe. Just ready to cut the AOE4 community in half the moment it releases a year from now. If it doesn't get delayed. But listen, this is how I look at it right here. Like, people just need to kind of calm it down a little bit. They're acting like that the development cycle and the updating cycle of Agent Fire 4 is just magnitude slower than any other game ever invented. And it's like, really, it's on a normal cycle of development. I mean, I would understand if the game was not trending up as far as quality. Like, mm-hmm. we know, we, we, most of us, I mean, we were all there for the initial pretty much launch of the game. I was there again, Dolph, 10,000 oh, we years exactly. ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone, for the OGs of AOE4, we were all there. And if you look, if you, if you were some able to get a mod and just load up the game back then, you would, it would change everyone's viewpoint of how the game is now. I made a whole video on my channel. Certain levels, YouTube. <laughs> but uh, I made oh, a whole yes. video. Subscribe, it's free. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. No shameless plug. But I made a whole video just explaining. I had a ten-point bulletin list explaining everything that was fixed, major things that were very, and I didn't even realize how lacking they were from an RTS standpoint. But major things, major things that were lacking from the development, and now with every single patch, it's getting more quality of life, life changes. It's getting. Uh, rotating map pools. They listen to a lot of community feedback. A lot, like you gotta realize, like that's pretty unique from developers. I mean, I've been, I've you know, coming from the 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 you know communities that I've played video games in before. I mean, developers, a lot of them just go AWOL. They just go, they like they would, they just, and it's I, crazy. Not it's in the bigger games too, which is a little bit harder to balance. It's a lot higher player base, but like developers, like they don't like small things that we have complained about developers acknowledged it or even addressed their acknowledging it so we see that and we're mad oh they're not doing it fast enough and it's like okay i get it there's always something to complain about no matter what but it's all a matter of perspective so i don't i'm long winded with it but i'll wrap i'll come to my point here basically it's a matter of perception if you look at the game like it's dying then your brain is naturally going to tell you why am i playing this dead game but if you're viewing it in a way of, wow, this game is improving every single patch in every season, then you're going to be excited for the future of the game. You're going to stick with it. And it's pretty much that simple. It like almost I, I don't know about you guys, but in the wake of like a lot of major geopolitical events in the world in the last half decade, mm-hmm. I have been very aware of like when something is like a Russian bot troll. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, like, are, are those like are there trolls just trying to draw the game down or like what what is the incentive behind this that's the biggest question what is the incentive I, what's, what's the point of trying and I, I wonder i mean obviously everyone has their opinion they're entitled to it you know even though they're wrong 
Um, <laughs> ah, <I love> <laughs> I'm really glad you said this before you let me talk. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Caleb's okay. going to clean up. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I like what you say too. But this game does have a pretty quick. The development is going good. I have so my other game I play. I've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast now. Um, I've been playing a little bit of a baseball game. Uh, it's called Super Mega Baseball. Uh, the third one has, was an excellent game. And then the fourth one just came out a little bit ago, which is why I've been playing that a little bit more than AOE lately because of just how busy I am. It, yeah, but it came out and there's been some mixed reviews and a lot of doomers. Um, so background behind that, EA bought the game or bought the company that did it. And they, and the developers still made a game and it's very similar to the third one. The fourth one just came out, uh, but there's a lot of bugs, and a lot of things and some things that people didn't like. and. Uh, the developers made a decent game. It's a good game. I've enjoyed it. I definitely have some things I'd like them to improve, and I think they will improve, but they haven't said a whole lot yet as far as developers to the community. Mm. I think they're kind of sitting back and letting the first month of the game's life kind of play out first, uh, but there's been some mixed feedback behind it as well. Uh, whereas I feel like I'm just really grateful that AOE, and I'm not to bash on the guys at Metalhead who make Super Mega Baseball. I love the game. They do a good job. I'm sure they'll improve the game as well. But Age of Empires 4 has been given a lot of love. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely had a rocky start, but I think I, I'm noticing a trend that most games just seem to not release ready to go, with the exception of The Legend of Zelda, which also took like eight single years player. to get on the freaking Switch. So, and it's single player. And it's a single player game, yeah. But again, it also took like eight years of development. I mean, it took them so long that it had better been a polished product, or otherwise it'd be like rioting. Uh, but otherwise, most games don't come out crystal clean. I mean, like at all. I can name so many. But dude, back I mean, in the yeah. day when you used to buy a physical cartridge for your NES and you popped it in there and played, that game was ready to go. Like, oh, yeah. if there were any bugs or anything wrong with it, it too bad. It, it, it's all in that. You can't update the memory cartridge. It just is. Uh, it, gaming has just changed a lot, I think, from where we are now. And I do think that the Doomers just need to just relax it's a video game we are so blessed that in 2023 i i mean my but my dad grew up and my dad was born in 1968 there were no video games there was no they barely had colored tv back then i mean geez my dad like has like lived to see the rise of microwaves and the internet like I, I, i'm older than google <laughs> and like and now and now crazy. smartphones are ubiquitous i mean I, I i might sound like a really old boomer saying some of this stuff like i'm only 26 but like we live in such a cool age where like new games look awesome i mean the quality of some of these things i that's actually one thing in the patch notes i didn't mention was that they uh, kind of updated some of the, the rendering quality to be improved as well and they've optimized some of that uh and the quality of our games that we get to play are just through the roof uh the ability mm. that we can play and do these things it's the game's not dying for either. I, I think people just kind of demand all these things be done right now and they want everything fixed. Personally, like I'm looking at the game. I can't point to any particular bugs right now in gameplay that irk me. I really need them to change and optimize. I can think of like maybe the Malians being a bit overpowered is kind of irksome. Yeah. Um, besides that, maybe some balance changes here and there. But as far as like bugs or like things that aren't working, I'm, nothing game breaking. Nothing game breaking. I can't think of anything anymore. I like all the laundry list of things and complaints. My list has been pretty much scratched off one by one. They've gone through and cleaned up everything. I, I could not name off the top of my head a thing that I really want fixed right now. Um, I'm sure maybe I'll think differently when I start playing again. But 
Uh, okay, I can think of one. I can think of one. Mm. I really hate how your scout harasses wolves when he stops moving next to a wolf. Mm. Uh, that Eric, it does. It, a, it, I don't know if it's a bug, but it feels like annoying to me. Annoying. I wish it would just not be a thing. But unless the, like the wolf attacked my scout, but my scout will always initially shoot at it first, which is just like the dumbest thing. Yeah, pretty annoying. Uh, but that's but it. Like, that's like my only big complaint. That and I think wolves could be just reworked a little bit anyways. But I, I can't think of anything. I really need change in this game. It, it's in a good spot. And if they just add more sieves and just keep churning the content, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of an uh, industry standard now. I mean, it's sad to say, I mean, but, you know, we don't know. Gaming development is not easy. We act, we act like it is as a consumer. We're yeah, like, we really do. Huh? We're so entitled. This, dude. We're like, so deal. Like, entitled. oh, my God. Like, oh, just find the code and just do it and release in the week, dude. Get over it. Like, we, that's just how it is being a consumer. We don't really know the other side of it. And it's kind of an industry standard now. I mean, we can name so many games that have released even bigger hype than AOE that have released and completely dropped the ball. I mean, you got, for example, from multiplayer, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, you got, you know, No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk. And these games have also kind of, they've all turned their whole scene around. Mm -hmm. You know, when people just kind of just, just take a step back, just breathe a little bit. And then, yes, it's not okay. It probably should be released. It should be released flawless and everything works out well. But, you know, just mass developing on a scale and you know we don't know what goes on behind the scenes i know you know we're giving our money to these people and we want to want answers but yeah. if, if some butts were candy tight. and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas is, is, there you go beautiful quote <laughs> beautiful quote exactly but like just 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 relax stay on board i mean think about it i mean imagine i mean when state when Stormgate does release Storm, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm probably, we'll probably, it was gonna probably be a good game. Hopefully, who knows? I'm excited for it. Thing. I'm maybe. I mean, I'd love to have it. two games that we talk about yeah, on this podcast exactly. or something. Like, I'd love that. Yeah. You know, the, the extra, extra storm. That's yeah, the yeah, extra yeah. storm. <laughs> all the little uh, scout dogs, scout dogs. Uh, scout I don't know. Dogs. But uh, all I gotta say, is just like you know, I don't have been long winning on this because like this actually does kind of like. You know, because being a, you know, I've never been enthused by any game ever like this. I mean, I love gaming in general, but I've never been enthused with one game ever pretty much in my entire life. The AOE 4 is the first game that I actually became really, like, really, like, welcomed by the community and, like, really enthused with, like, the changes and just as just excited by its growth overall. So almost it does actually irk me to hear people just come in and be like, what are you talking about? Like, almost like the drunken, like, Tony. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you? Who cares? I mean, oh How my God. dare you feel exactly. so excited about this <laughs> game? Who cares? This next Beast like, you know, hasn't streamed it exactly. in like two days. And I'm done with it. What do you mean? I'm done. I'm going to go play another game. That's <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fine. If you want to leave the game, that don't let the fine, door hit you know? on the way out. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like that's something. <laughs> and last thing I'm gonna wrap up. It's, it's like those like time. ladies who like got all mad because they didn't want to wear a mask at Costco, and they're like, "Well, oh, I'm gonna do my business elsewhere." It's like, yes, please. <laughs> that's the idea. Aoe for Karens. We got Aoe for Karens. You know what I'm saying? But like, I just say like it just you know like, and I just feel like you know I'll say one thing as like you know as like someone who like who. Not me personally, but like, you know, these pro players, you know, like, you know, they pretty much dictate the culture of the game. So, you know, if they're frustrated with the game, just just keep it. I mean, talk to people that matter or keep it to yourself. 
when players get upset because something happened to them and they go out and they tweet out something that, oh, I'm done with this game and all this stuff, it actually does have an effect on the community. It the does, game. yeah. So, like, like, you know, as a pro player, it's like, just like, I mean, do you want to see the game get better? And if you don't want to, if you want to wait in a freaking hyperbolic time chamber and just wait for Stormgate, that's fine. I mean, I'll just, I'd rather play <laughs> the game. That's imagery out. Levels. Exactly. I'll just, I'll just wait. I'll just play the game that's out right now. I'm, you should see these. Okay. I'm sorry. I got to take a dig at this. You should see these Stormgate. They're, they're literally, they hurt surgically investigating analyzing this game they're like you see the new unit that's because there's so little about it yeah <laughs> it's nothing to look at and they'll make like 20 minute analytical 20 30 minute analytical videos about a freaking bot that has three legs and four legs they're like oh and so i'm guessing it's gonna path right left and it's kind of like oh, you don't know gosh. anything about the game yet it's like i so, could never do that okay yes yeah, my fault you got there so, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to jump in here because I don't see an end yes, in sight. Yes, uh, <laughs> you got to sometimes. Uh, I'm going to make some comments about some things that were said, uh, and then I will interject on the main topic. So first and foremost, there's a phenomenon, and I don't know the name of it, on social media where things of negativity are hyperinflated and become thought of as the main mm-hmm. uh, thought more than they actually are. Um, and it, it occurred with social media and has just inflated into everything else and to Reddit and things like that forums, which are, you know, a form of social media. Yep. Um, so part of it is hyperinflation of the negativity where all you see is that because that's what's reactionary. That's what I read that views. and I go, what in the hell is your problem? And so then I comment on it and then that boosts it in the algorithm and then it gets to the top and then people comment on it more. And so it kind of feeds itself. This is why politics um, sucks in America right now. <laughs> yes, the, the social media has done a lot of great things and it has negatively impacted, I one could argue, probably more than has benefited at any rate. So that is part of why there is this looming feeling in people who are just in social media and that's become their lives because that's how the world works now and aren't able to separate and identify that as why that's happening and so then they go the game must be dying because i'm seeing this hyper inflated mm-hmm. issue um and it happens with not just this but lots of other things and it's important to try and the game i was talking about general, my baseball game, track same exact own. thing there's a lot of doomers online and it's like well this game is majority of people probably enjoy it but yeah that's you're exactly right the vocal few tend to have a lot of problems a lot of the times uh, a comment on the professionals commenting um they control as much as people are willing to give them control for. Uh, so people worship, let's let's say BCQD as as the god of AOE and Marine Lord and whoever. And they're like the big voices and they're important people and they're better than most people, obviously. Uh, and so the, their word has weight, but th- their opinion isn't necessarily the, the spoken hand of God slamming down onto the developers. And people tend to inflate that. And again, the social media effect comes in. And so you get people who have their own opinions, but the people that are either hyper agreeing or hyper disagreeing tend to be the ones that you see a lot. Um, and so I, I don't think it's necessarily on the shoulders of, of, of high level content creators and, and, and heads in the field to necessarily keep their mouths shut, but on the community to not overinflate what is said mm. um so those are my two side spins off of what was said on the note of the game when people heard 
Age of Empires 4 came at a really, really awkward time uh, because we were transitioning generations of gaming. And uh, uh, whether that was because of the new consoles or however you want to see it, the new graphics card, however you define generations, there was a shift in how games were made and how games are structured at the core level. And Age of Empires came out as that was occurring, but using basically old stuff. And so people thought because there was this kind of slurry and this upsurge of next generation stuff that this was going to be a next generation RTS with crazy new things and really cool tech behind it and things like that. And then when it came out, it was a modernized RTS, not a next generation RTS. Mm. And now there's now there's rumors and we're getting tastes of what an actual next gen RTS is going to be. And so people are going, oh, the, the modernized one's garbage now because they're seeing a next gen one. And that's a, a false equivalency at the, at the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's not it's not a next gen RTS. It's it's a modernized RTS. And that's it's the time of it for many of it, us, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and and you can like the the kind of older style and, and then it's not necessarily older style, but they didn't. Nothing here is reinvented. They, they did some cool things where they took AOE 2's principle and then applied some asymmetry to it yep. and did some really cool stuff. But they didn't they didn't do anything groundbreaking. I don't look at this game and go, oh, my gosh, they did what? Uh, except for when I talk about the Malians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's where a lot of this is coming from, is it's it, it came in 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 at this time where the next gen was like the big thing, but not where it was like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And now that it's the whole thing, people are kind of retroactively applying that and going, this isn't the next gen RTS that I was promised, but you were never promised that. And so it can have its problems. It has a lot of the problems that a lot of old RTSs have and a lot of the same kind of core issues. And sure, maybe the developers made bad choices and there's some still some some core balance or game mechanic issues in play. But League of Legends has been around 10 years and it still has lots of problems and they're currently ruining the game. Like there's... (laughs) There's always going to be doomsayers and they're always going to be hyperinflated to the front of the page. Um, and it's important for us as the community to analyze it and go, OK, is is there a risk with Stormgate coming out? Absolutely. If a next gen RTS shows up and blows the cap off of everything, then every other RTS will die, not just yeah. Age of Empires yep. 4. Yep, exactly. And, and, and that's and, and that's where. You have to kind of apply the critical thinking and go, is it an Age of Empires 4 problem? No. Age of Empires 4 is just the most modern one we have. And so people mm-hmm. are going, oh, it's going to die. Um, H- and then H- there will H2 always be the good. I mean, there's H2 is yeah. still viable. Starcraft is and, still a thing. I mean, yeah. And, and Starcraft, I think, probably will be the most. The Starcraft 2 will probably suffer the most. Starcraft OG has a pretty big scene in Korea, and that's about it. Uh-huh. And Starcraft 2 probably will just more or less die with some real pocket scenes. Yeah. Age of Empires 2 will always be the boomer's favorite until the boomers die off. And then everything <laughs> game, else. I mean, this game, again, we've mentioned this in this podcast, too. This game kind of fits. I mean, it's like the do you want the space age RTS or do you want the medieval RTS? And there's the kind of two very good avenues for both. This game could they could just easily coexist kind of like the way Starcraft and AOE always have anyways. Like I, I could see a world where these coexist. Or maybe, heck, maybe maybe this podcast changes. We jump ship and go straight over to 
the other game. I, I, it's a year from now, at least. And we don't yeah, know. Well, so it's I'm, hard to speculate too hard, too. Well, and I'm not even speculating. I'm just saying that this for people that want an old school RTS, they will go to the old school RTSs. For yep. people that want a modernized RTS, they'll come here because it's this and a handful of other ones. And the people that want next gen stuff will go to Stormgate, will go to um, like the game I'm currently playing. A lot of Mechabellum has some like crazy cool ideas. Uh, I'm not advertising for it, but some of the cool, cool things that aren't even gameplay. They have built in tournaments every week in the client mm. and they have uh front page games that you can spectate and if you vote right you get leaderboard points called insight points for voting correctly in the games you spectate so they have an out game they have the in-game leaderboard for playing it and then they have an out game spectator sport as well wow. built into the client that's that's wild i mean that, those are those are like next gen type I'm honestly things. Surprised, those are like, i'm honestly surprised that something like that isn't in age empires 4 and that's and that's why everybody thinks it's going to die is because this is a modernized. It's not next gen. Yeah. Those type of things are the next generation of esport type games, competitive type games. And this isn't doing that. This isn't reinventing the wheel. This is polishing and building on what we already know. Dude, can you imagine and how good an Age Empires 5 would be if they do make it like a next gen with taking a lot of the things from Age Empires 4 and like, gosh, I could. It'd be, I, hope, I hope that Age Empires 5, I think it's a matter of if not, or a matter of when, not if. Um, I think I'm sure they'll make a fifth one eventually with how good this one has done. Oh, um, six. Imagine if Age 5 is, <laughs> is to what Age 4 is, what Age 2 is to Age 1. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that'd be sweet. That's, that's really imagine. speculative, but I mean, I'd, I'd love imagine. to see that. No, and that's, and that's the difference, right? That's the difference between something next gen and something modernized. And in that and it's a really, really important distinction because they're close. They hold hands, but they're not the same thing. Uh-huh. And and it's really important to, to distinguish that. I like that. I want to add one thing um, kind of on the doom and gloom aspect again. Um, I've noticed, too, a, a big reason we probably got a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of big reason why, like some of those big streamers were kind of moving away for a little bit. Is that a couple of I think there's a couple of things we, I, I want to mention. Uh, one, there's been a, we kind of touched on this already. There's a lot of other games that are out right now that have come out for the beginning of the summer. Uh, everything from tears of the kingdom to that Harry Potter game to Diablo, which just came out. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of good ga- and they're all good games. And sometimes mm-hmm. people just want to take a break. Um, the other reason mm-hmm. why they're looking for another game right now, because this game was at the end of a long season, an extended uh-huh. season. Yep. So everyone kind of knows that like they're happy where they're at. It's a good time to try. They things. don't want to play because they don't want to lose their rank. A lot of There's the problems no, that are being yep. solved. There's no real reason to try and improve your skills on certain meta things when you know those meta things are changing. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll always see a bit of a fall off because when the meta is about to change, it's why, why am I practicing this meta when I know it's going to just completely be flipped on its head next season? Yeah. So a lot of yep. it's just normal end of season drought. And it just it's a normal cycle. I'm sure right now. The uptick in Age of Empire 4 game players and average players has gone up with the new season. Yeah. I almost, I'd almost be willing to bet 100 bucks right Absolutely now. Absolutely guaranteed. I, I'm sure that's happened. And that's normal. And so when people start freaking out, they, the game is dying. It's like, guys, we're at the end of an extended season. Of course, mm-hmm. the game is quote unquote dying. Like, yeah. people are it's it's taking the a natural a flow. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah, it's the actual ebb and flow of a normal season progression. And so... I, to anyone who is like doom and gloom, I would urge you just to calm down. And anyone who's been being worried, but if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you're more just worried about what you're hearing. And if you are worrying it, I just remind you everyone out there, if you're having fun at the game, 
play the game. If you aren't, go find a game that is fun for you to play. There's plenty out there. Uh, or go outside and touch some grass and maybe get a girlfriend. I mean, that can help too. <laughs> Whoa, like, <laughs> now you're getting a little out of hand, dude. Outside. Outside. Too hot outside. Oh, oh, you're getting, getting, getting a little crazy now. <laughs> Anyways, let's take a quick, quick break and then we will come back with our extra sheets and end this supercharged long episode. Hi, it's Sokerton back here again. Uh, I haven't done one of these in a while, I think. It's been, been very busy, and so my wife's been filling in the slack a lot. But this is the part of the show where I do some shout-outs and other such things. So first of all, just want to give a big shout-out to Caleb Calamari for hopping back in on the show again today. Uh, he was really clutch. We mentioned this earlier that he popped in for Beal. Beal is out today. Uh, but we're just really glad to have him back. Glad to have a, another regular that we can call up whenever we need. So... Shout out to Caleb and shout out for his uh, person he got to <laughs> to cover his uh, shift. Also want to shout out Beal. Uh, he's just been awesome for us as well. And and it started, so it was the same with uh, the same with Sir Neville's. Uh, we, they really are the kind of the bedrock of this podcast. Couldn't do it without them. Anyways, I do want to shout out as well a couple of the uh, communities that we always do. First of all, Rising Empires. Uh, it's a good tournament for anyone who wants to get their fingers and toes wet into some... Uh, Tournaments that are actually at their skill level. Great community. Great way to go about it. You can find them on Discord and on uh, start.gg. It's a great spot to just get used to playing some tournaments. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Good community around it. Uh, another good Discord you guys should definitely check into. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably came from the Discord anyways. But the Griot Barra is a wonderful Discord uh, channel that you can go to. Uh, it's all about AoE4. You can find people to play with. You can find build orders. Everything's there. Like everything. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh yeah, our friends at www.morenights.com. Uh, shout out to them. They have been a fun supporter of the podcast. We're pleased to support them. And uh, if you haven't checked out that website yet, you really should do it. It's actually really, really funny. Uh, just, just go do it. It's, it's great. It's great. Uh, besides that, um, on a personal note, I mentioned a little bit about the merchandise. I am planning on getting something like that soon. Um, got to get this episode up this whole rest of the week. Next week, so I'm going to be looking into that and see what I need to do. I might set up like maybe a little e-store to get that going. If anyone's interested in that, I have heard some people might be. So I might I might give it a try. I'm a graphic designer by trade, so I can make something pretty decent. I mean, our logo is already good enough. I think we can just slap that on a hoodie and a mug and I'd be happy. So we'll, we'll probably get something like that going here soon. Besides that... Um, I mentioned this earlier again and uh, earlier in this uh, episode as well, but people have been asking us to get people on the podcast and I am going to work on it. I've heard uh, even just since recording, I've heard more people say, hey, we've got some people who might be interested. Um, I teased those names earlier. I won't I won't uh, uh, say who, but we have got we've been eyeing some people. Those of you who've been in contact with me, uh, some of you guys like Sherman, uh, who's listening right now, probably on a bike ride. Uh, he, he knows who, who the kind of guys we're, we're looking at getting on the podcast. And I think most people recognize the names as well. Uh, besides that, I do want to shout out our Patreon one more time. Uh, getting hard, cold cash to help support this podcast is huge. Um, definitely helps. We do get some ads now on this podcast every now and then, but it gives us like pennies. So it really isn't much. The Patreon is really the main source of our income for this. And I say income, but it really is all just going straight back into hosting this for the next year and for hopefully getting some merchandise up. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, it's been a very busy time for myself personally and my wife. Uh, we've had our baby now for just over a month. 
things are settling down. I think the next two weeks in particular are going to be much better for me personally, just kind of get back in the groove of streaming on Twitch, as well as just working on a podcast and being a part of the community. So thank you all to listening and supporting. I know I don't, I don't like, I don't like to think I've been phoning it in, but if that has come across at all, sorry about that. I've been busy. Life's been busy. You guys know how it is. But then again, I just give you guys one of the longest, uh, this is one of the longest episodes I think we've ever recorded. Uh, it might be just the longest episode. So anyways, I will uh, not keep this one too much longer. If you have the money and you can, even just a dollar a month, uh, if you can do spare that, uh, it all helps. And there is bonus content on the Patreon. So it's not like you're getting, it's not like you're paying for nothing either, right? Like we've got, uh, every every time I record these episodes from here on out, I usually record a little bit during our breaks and beforehand. I'm just posting that right in there. So you can kind of hear some behind the scenes. I'll be posting just more things as we go. There will be continually more content on that. So, hey, for just a little bit, a pocket change a month, you could get access to all the, the goodies behind the scenes. So, and then you'll know also that you've been a big, big proud supporter of this awesome, awesome podcast, which I have heard that some people say that this is one of the best video game podcasts they've ever had and listened to. So, you know, people have been saying stuff. So, so. But you guys know, you guys have been listening. So thank you so much again. And I will get you guys right back to the extra sheep. Full of great content. Full of the great content. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for our extra sheeps. Um, mine's really, really short. Um, like I said, I haven't actually been playing this game in a couple weeks. Like, see, the game was dying. The ebb and flow. See, I that. didn't play. I've been busy. I had the game. I knew it was end of the season. I had another game that I liked that came out, Ebb and Flow. But I'm going to come back now that the new season has started. Um, my favorite thing, I really am excited for the sea monsters. Mm. But I can't, I have to tell you, the sea, from what I've seen of the sea monsters, what I've seen of the gameplay of it, I cannot see this sea monster and not think it looks exactly like a Lapras. Oh, Pokemon? A Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not tell me that it is not based on a Lapras. I'm sorry. Like, that is it 100%. Oh, it, I gotta actually Google this now. <laughs> I, I, I'll post a picture. I'll post a picture on both the Patreon and on uh, some of the discords of this. But Lapras next to I'll, I'll Photoshop a Lapras next to the uh, the. Oh, this Empires. is hundred and twelve percent of Lapras. It's a Lapras, <laughs> dude. It's a Lapras. Oh, they actually. Oh yeah, this Pokemon slaps. So this is a good one. Oh, it's a good one. It's, it's a good a water Pokemon. Yeah, Misty rides one, I think. Oh, yeah, um, this is a very, this is hilarious. It's for sure a Lapras. It's a Lapras, dude. It's, it's just a Lapras. <laughs> I cannot not see that. So for everyone else who is excited for it, I just ruined it for you. You will never not see it. Unless you're not a big Pokemon person. But if anyone's, it's a first gen Pokemon, I think, right? Lapras is first gen, right? Yes, first yeah. gen. Misty had it. Yeah, Misty had it. Everyone should know that one if you're a Pokemon guy. <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> I'm a, I only know Gen One, so I'm I kind of suck. Hey, Lapras is Gen One, so everyone should know it's yeah, a Lapras yeah, man. That, that, that's how I recognize that name because I only Gen One is like the only one I really come. I, I know the first like three gens really well. After Gen Four and Five, I start getting really spotty. Yeah, I, I kind of grew out of the games at that point, but uh, yeah, that's my my extra sheep. Really short, not actually very on topic, but <laughs> it's it does it's look a Lapras, Lapras man. Bro, it's a Lapras. Good. Now I'm trying to compare the two. I'm going to put up two images. I'll have to put up a picture, okay. a like, compare and contrast picture. Right, wants, oh, I mean, I'll make the meme, like the, the office meme. Like, corporate wants you to find the difference between these two pictures. Yeah, for real. <laughs> the same that picture. Is, that is crazy. That is, I mean, it's like a, like a evolved Lapras. Yeah, it's like just a different skin. It's, it's the Alolian version of Lapras. 
Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Elo Lapras. It's, it's, what did they say? Lapras at home? Uh, Lapras at home. Alrighty. Uh, we'll go with Caleb. What's your extra sheet, my friend? Well, I did actually get a few extra sheep the other day, so it was pretty exciting. Oh, hey, nice. I thought I like about this. Thought about this podcast while it happened. Um, my extra sheep is probably going to be uh, I, less Age of Empires four and more generic. Um, while playing on Volcano Garbage Jump map, um, <laughs> classic. I uh, I did uh, kind of notice some things that are just intriguing to me about map design and like how elevation works and how you work the camera with elevation. And did you add elevation after the camera and maybe they don't intersect well. Um, and so like in, in the, 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 the volcano clear, I don't know what it's called. Um, on that map, when you're spawn on the top side, the way the trees are higher elevation and taller than the ones below them, you almost can't click on the trees right on the front edge of the mountain if you spawn towards the top side of the map and maybe I don't know, using panoramic would fix it. But, um, it's intriguing to me that the, the basic structures of a map and how like the camera works and the angles you're running can affect controls. And you wouldn't like think, Oh, how the map is designed is going to change how a player can click on things. And then you get these situations where that occurs. And I just go, oh, that's, I don't know. That's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about when kind of going and looking at maps and how they're structured um, and how that might affect how you actually physically click on things. Cause if you can't, because there's something blocking it, does the game person need to highlight things that are covered? How do how do they fix it? Um, I don't know. I guess just map design and that hmm. kind of stuff. I like it. All right. My computer is starting to wig out a little bit. Uh, we've been recording for three hours and 19 <laughs> minutes, but it is like barely keeping up. I think I've used up my Ram. So Sir Neville's, I will give the time to you for your extra sheep. Uh, maybe I'll make it brief so that way yeah, I don't get you I'll cut off. Real brief. Yeah, make it real brief so you don't crash out. Yeah, basically, like, I mean, it really is the highlight of the conversation we had right before we got to Extra Sheep. Just, uh, it's not it's not original uh, advice, but something that actually I took into account and it's actually pretty helpful. Not helpful, but, you know, maybe mentally, but uh, just don't let the AOE 4 doomers bait you into not liking the game. Uh, and when, I, when it comes down to that, based on what I'm saying, it's just sometimes... Like, even though it's fun, you know, being in a forum and it's a good time, you know, hanging out and talking about the game, uh, you'll come across the, you know, the hot take people, the people that really want to uh, get attention to their posts. And they'll say something mostly negative just gets more attention and kind of anything in any type of like uh, media. You know, drama is always more interesting to watch than, you know, it just doesn't matter that they're, they're kind of baiting you a little bit. They want to get they want to get a conversation started. So they're going to bait you in. And they're going to exaggerate things and make them seem like they're a lot more common than or a lot more present than what it is. So, like, some, basically, my, uh, my extra sheep is I got it from BC's video. He just said, uh, just don't kind of take a break from these forums every now and then. Because these forums will have you thinking that something that is not as front and center is, is front and center. Mm. Like, and the game's about to blow up and you're about to blow your PC up and now you want to delete off your PC. Like, just, just don't, just don't let the AOE 4 doomers bait you. Take a I break like from that. You know, I'm going to expand on that. Just, I'm going to hop on a soapbox really quick. Yeah, I know my, oh, yeah. my computer's starting to, to, to really wig out, but, but it'll, 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 stay, it'll stay alive for this. It's like, come on, you said you were going to be done, Sarkaton. Um, I want to expand on that. Like, even just social media in general. Um, I know exactly. I'm not one of those guys who's like, it's evil and we don't really touch it. But like, you know, there is a reason why sometimes it's good to take a disconnect. I've been not playing for 
two weeks. I've been kind of off of social media a lot of the last two weeks because my mom was in town. And let me tell you, sometimes it's really good just to disconnect. And for anyone who maybe is just feeling like a lot of, like I, I, it's like news, like the news cycle can really get you down if you just only consume news. Because kind of like what Caleb was saying, there's this phenomenon where negative news cycles, negative news, negative press drives views, reactions, and clicks. And that's what generates the ad, ad, ad revenue for them to keep making the money. So it's, it's a self-propagating system of negativity that's going to work. Sometimes taking a break from those kind of things is really good. So my PSA for everyone is, if you need to take a break, call your parents, tell them you love them. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you never know, right? You never know when uh, you last. Like th there are some things that are Fitting more important. Fitting for Father's Day. Day. Fitting for Father's Day. Yeah. You know, uh, America, yeah. I, after this, I'm actually going to hop on. And for the first time in a long time, I'm going to play Settlers of Catan online with my dad. And I'm really looking nice. forward to it. So, you know, like spend time with those who you, you guys care and love about the most. Uh, this is kind of getting kind of sappy and all, but like. Like, in the end of the day, this is a game. It's, it's, a, up. it's a video game, right? Like, let's remember to keep things yeah. in perspective, and that's always a good reason to be polite. And if you need to disconnect, disconnect. And seriously, tell the people you care about that you you care about them. So good for the soul. Good for the soul. Good for the soul. It's it's a Sunday, right? There's your little religious sermon on the couch. There you go. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Soccerton Nevels, I have something to tell you. Yeah. Oh no. Uh oh. I appreciate you guys. Oh. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate you as well. You popped in out of nowhere. I'm getting, <laughs> Sir Neville's I'm always here. I'm getting emotional. Always ready now to I'm go. Getting, I'm always down, man. Always great talking to you, gents, man. What a beautiful Absolutely. day. And always to all of our time. listeners, again, thank you guys for, I, I just, I love oh, yeah. hearing the good feedback. So keep it coming. It really strokes my ego. Uh, my whole self-esteem is based on this podcast now. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> That's me too. Uh, yeah, I want, no negative I feedback. I really cannot handle it. <laughs> no, thank you guys so much. This has been our longest episode to date, I think, wow. by far. I, by oh, far. Uh, we keep doing that. We keep going longer and longer. One day we're going to have like a, just a 24-hour episode and it's going to be just... just, just oh, let's go. It's gonna be we could probably do it too. That's the problem. Oh, we could. We could. All right. well, I am, you've been listening to the extra sheep the unofficial age empires Four podcast hosted by sir neville's caleb calamari and myself Socrates. uh thank you all for wish uh for listening and we'll catch you guys in two weeks Au revoir.